Ben, I am still finding notes that I wrote from the um, the meetup that was a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw this note. I, I, I don't. I guess I hid it from myself. I found I this that. note, and I don't even remember the full like conversation. But we imagined what would happen if, much like the Ghoulies, Pennywise went to college. Oh, got himself right. an education. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah. So, did he go to clown college? Well, you you think? Well, see, he's already a successful clown, so it's like, does he need that? Hmm. Uh, but we figured it out. We figured out exactly what he would uh, major in. Of course, he'd major in IT. Oh my god, that mm-hmm. is just spot on. That's fantastic. And he might have just maybe a minor. In web development. Wow. <laughs> wow. So get ready. It just makes sense. For it chapter three, Pennywise goes to college. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's gonna get wild. There's gonna he's gonna do like a, a panty raid where he tears off arms. Uh, yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. <laughs> Polly Shore is probably in there somewhere. He's gonna invite a bunch of people to for to a rave and then it's gonna be in his sewer lair. Uh, but the rave is still going to happen, but he's going to be, you know, scaring the shit out of everybody and, you know, eating people. Is, and is there like a, maybe a dance off he has to like uh, compete in there? It becomes like a <laughs> dance movie for just a second. And he does that little kicky dance he does. Yeah. <laughs> and but it wins cool. somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm this tuning in good. for this. This sounds pretty fucking good <laughs> <Yes>. to me. <laughs> maybe they'll do that in the, the it show they're making. Maybe oh, that's because right. yeah, yeah. it's supposed to be a prequel. Maybe it's uh-huh. him going to college, you know, learning to be a, a a deadlight spider or whatever. Could be. Yeah, yeah we're just going to have to wait and see, huh? Yeah, I guess we will right here on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely Woo. with me, Hollywood Steve, and you. Oh, Uncle Ben. Hello, hello, hello. It's good to meet you. It's good to yeah. meet you. I twisted it up there. Normally like you that. do that. I like that. You just kind of like... This is kind of that move where you spin me around and you're on top now, and it's like, oh, taking the reins, uh-huh. huh? That's, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I have just, yeah, I've I've gone from uh, sub to dom. That's very nice. Well, that's kind of appropriate too, considering that this movie that we're talking yeah. about today is just so <laughs> exactly oddly horny. <laughs> so I, it like, makes I don't sense. have any problem with it. If Barbara Crampton's involved, it can get oddly horny all at once. That's fine. You mm-hmm. know what? Totally fine by me. We're talking about From Beyond, from what, 1986? Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah, 1986. That's right. On today's episode, uh, if you want to get straight on to the movie discussion, as always, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But before we do that, we're going to catch up, shoot the shit, talk about what we've been watching, slam a co-beer, and all kinds of other good stuff. So hang out with your boys. You got you a co-beer over there, Steve? I do. In fact, I've had I've had a number of co-beers in the past week and I'll, I'll i'll let you in on why here in a little bit uh and really been going hard on stouts but i picked up this winter mm. ale a deschutes jubilee festive winter Ooh. ale okay uh, and i like me some deschutes we had uh their stout we got a six pack of their stout that fucking great man solid ass stout it's but stout this, time of year for sure it is yeah and there are a lot of great ones out here in in Portland. So, but this winter ale, man, it's it's looking like a like a dark brick red, mm. smelling like smelling like winter spices. I'm interested. What's the ABV on that some bitch? 
6.7%. All right, dude. I've got myself a, a Lagunitas Hazy Wonder over here. Can't lose with a Lagunitas. No. Still my favorite big old brewery that there is out there. Yeah. Uh, but, but I've already got a little bit of a head start on you here. I was uh, doing a whole <laughs> lot of work today, learning a bunch of tunes for the uh, the Shiprocked cruise that I'm playing in January as part of the Stowaways, which is like the all-star band, yeah. which will be really fun. So I was working on a ton of material today, had a busy day, and then... Uh, Kate hit me up and said a couple of her friends were down at Merchants of Beer, so I went down there for a little break before the show started, and I had myself a a Highland Brewing uh, Cold Mountain, that like Ooh, winter uh-huh. one that they do. So mm-hmm. good, man. Yeah, Highland Fox, uh, man. I was also introduced to the pleasures of the Mind Eraser by my my bubby <laughs> Bubby Bobby, my buddy Bobby, my I Bubby need to Bobby, say. Uh-huh. my Bubby Bobby, uh, dude. It's like. It, Okay, here's the thing. Bobby was a bartender in like the early 2000s, like the okay. age of the shit shot, like yeah. layered shots with 30 different things and some ignorant ass offensive name. Like he knows them all. Like yeah. he was there for that shit. And uh, somebody mentioned a mind eraser and I was like, what is that? And he's like, oh, you've never had one? He got so excited. So he's like, I'll make us a bunch. So it's like, okay, in a cup you put Kahlua and then you layer vodka on it. He did mm-hmm. vanilla vodka. Mm-hmm. And then you top the rest of it off with soda water. So it's layered. And you poke a straw through it, and you basically shoot the entire thing through a straw. So you're kind of getting these like layers of initially it's that sweet Kahlua, and then that kind of tempers you for the harsh vodka. And then by the time you're finished with the soda that was on top, it's like a total palate cleanser. So you kind of feel like you haven't really drank anything, but it's fucking awesome, dude. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you, I can do like a pint. Like it's amazing. Uh, speaking of uh, shots with offensive names uh, and and uh, slight variations of them, we had this chocolate milk stout, and we have some Baileys. Um, and I did uh, they call it the Dublin Drop now, right? We oh, did, it's a, a car bomb. Okay, yeah, an Irish car bomb. Yeah, uh, you know what? Du- yeah, <laughs> that's one of those things that I've just been yeah totally sleeping on. But that is just what we've always called that, yeah. and it's like. Uh-huh. That's kind of a problematic name. Yeah, it it's is. kind of like it's kind of like the white undershirt, <laughs> aka the wife beater. We yeah, all just yeah, call it very, that, but very complicated mm. uh, and and uh, terrible issue to just jokingly flippantly call yeah. it. Gar- yeah, yes. Com- so it's complicated. Drop. That's it's better. not complicated. It's bad. A very bad. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, we, we, we had those things and I was like, I mean, you know, normally there's also whiskey in there, but I was just thinking like, it's a chocolate milk stout putting Mm. some fucking Irish cream in there. So we made these little like chocolate milk shots and I swear it tasted so much like chocolate frosting to me. Wow. I think I could probably slam about 20 and then not remember like three days of my life. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds pretty fucking amazing, dude. Yeah, it was really great. I got a, uh, I got hooked on a new one this week too, man. That's kind of a variation on the again early two thousand shit shot right here. Uh-huh. You know the uh, the surfer on acid. You remember uh-huh. that? No. That's like a classic late nineties one. It's equal parts of Jaeger and uh, Malibu and pineapple juice. <laughs> but somebody made a, I know somebody what? made a variation on it that's called a skater on crack. Okay, and. It's essentially, dude, like, honestly, you'll scoff at the ingredients list, but it ends up tasting like a really fucking delicious tiki drink that you would okay. get from, like, you know, Turn Club or some cool tiki bar. Like, right. it's it's Jaeger, it's rum, pineapple rum, preferably if you have it. 
Uh-huh. Um, I use Dr. Bird, which I was introduced to by our good friend Roger Dean Miller. That stuff's fucking okay. amazing. Dr. Bird. And let's see, Jägermeister, Dr. Bird, pineapple, lime juice, and a little bit of simple syrup. Shake it over ice. Dude, it's fucking awesome. Sounds it is good. so good. Th- that sounds like a weird combination with the Jaeger in there. Yeah, but like, for sure. The, with the pineapple and stuff covering it up, you just kind of mainly get the the spice elements you get out of good tiki uh, drinks. Okay. Okay. It's so fucking good, man. That's kind of been my go-to lately. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, by the way, this uh, Deschutes uh, Jubilee fucking solid winter ale. I have learned nice. I don't really care for winter ales that much. Mm. Not that I hate yeah. them. It's just if I drink one, I've had enough of winter ales gotcha. for a while. <laughs> one and done. I understand mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, I also had a a prairie basic becky which is this crazy like really 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 dark stout that they make uh-huh it's like 11 percent, and it's got all it's got all kinds of shit in there dude it's got like caraway and cinnamon and all kinds of stuff and you remember that prairie bomb that we had on the show uh-huh. a little yes, while back i do i found that they make a christmas bomb oh and i've got one of those in the fridge but it's like 13 percent. so i was like not uh-huh. doing that on the show right now <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> we wouldn't make it to the end no, I'd have to listen to this tomorrow and be like, what did I say again? <laughs> Hazy Wonder, Lagunitas is fucking fantastic. Fuck yeah, really, is. really, really good. Just delicious, not overly sweet, a little bit hoppy. Real fucking good beer, man. Lagunitas, good shit. Yeah, let me tell you, Ben, I've had a, an interesting week. As uh, as you know, last, last week I, I mentioned that we had moved into our new apartment here in Portland, but that our stuff wasn't going to get here until december 6th which is today this very day that we're recording this episode yep mm-hmm. december 6th um and boy have we had some interesting experiences since we've moved in now this uh the the area that we live in it's it's uh it's it's a, a little cul-de-sac type of street with uh, some several townhouses the day that we were to move in um, two packages arrived, and we were taking Emily to work so that we could have the car to buy stuff and you know kind of get the apartment together. We came back; there were no packages, but we didn't even know packages were being delivered. Uh, it wasn't until a couple days later that uh, the person sending the package was like, "Hey, did you get that package that says it's delivered?" That we discovered that those packages had been stolen. Within uh, hours of us moving in to this apartment, I understand there's like such a huge rash of that shit going on, like all over the yeah. place. Yeah, people just yoinking Amazon packages and shit. That yeah, sucks, I, man. I've never had this happen ever. I haven't I, either. Like, yeah, living in LA, living in Knoxville, never had this happen. So it's frustrating. But one of the packages contained an irreplaceable heirloom. Um, just irreplaceable. Absolutely, one hundred percent sucks. And something that no one would want, dude. That's that's the worst. You know, like I, I had years ago, my car got broken into, and in a Canon, it's like a Canon or I think it was Kodak camera box. Uh-huh. I had all these old mushy love letters that Kate and I wrote each other when we were like mm. 16 or 17 mm-hmm. and somebody broke into my car and stole all my CDs and textbooks. Cause I was in college plus this box of letters, probably cause I thought it was a camera and it's like, I know they just opened it and threw it in a dumpster or some shit. And it's like, that shit is 
irreplaceable that yeah that sucks like if it was just you know whatever yeah i ordered a, a fucking book it's like well no big deal tell, tell amazon book, you lost it and they'll send you yeah. another one yeah uh-huh. uh that blows man yeah yeah i'm interested uh were the love letters mushy because of all the cum yeah they, they were very soggy cum? yeah they were well, just sopping mm-hmm. kind of like you covered you, in fluids you know you lost that but you also kind of got revenge I'm sure as they yeah, were that's true. You know, pulling them out, they were like, is this cum? What the fuck? And, and I make new fluids like daily. So. <laughs> so you put them in that box. Yeah, I'm whipping up a new batch right now box. as we speak. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, so two, two days later, we find out that that is the case. Um, next morning, a guy comes by to check our uh, our heat since we just moved in property management company sent over somebody just to make sure heat is is working fine because it's winter and it's cold um and anna opens the front door and she notices that the back hatch of the car is open and it's not usually <laughs> not usually no don't usually leave the back hatch open um so apparently uh one of us forgot to lock the car probably me and someone ransacked it Went through Jesus, everything, man. stole Emily's brand new work shoes, 150 bucks. Uh, stole Anna's allergy medicine. Uh, really, oh, just that'll come in handy. Yeah, really, just threw shit around the car. It um, violating is is what I would call it. Just felt it, very it violating. Yeah, yeah. Again, like whenever my car got broken into, same deal. It was yep. just like. Somebody yeah, maybe 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 it's, maybe it's, mm-hmm. it's over dramatic because it's just a car and it's just stuff. But that nah, that's exactly not. the way that I felt when I, I got in my car and yeah, the glove yeah. box is open and shit strewn about everywhere and yeah, it, it is a very just like I have been invaded kind of feeling and it fucking sucks. So that was the day after the packages got stolen. Uh, yeah, well, two days two days after I think, but yeah, Jesus. So we're the first day we moved here, packages get stolen. Third day we lived here, car gets uh, ransacked. Um, just today we, we moved in all of our stuff from our pod. So there's an empty pod sitting outside of our place. And I have a theory that the person who stole our stuff lives in the neighborhood. Um, Mm. so I am very worried that we're going to leave and come home and everything's going to have been gone through. Mm. So we got a camera, something that I didn't want to do. Um, I don't want to have surveillance on people around us but if you need it you need it huh? i guess we fucking need it yeah so uh. we had to go buy a fucking camera system and i'll tell you what i'm i'm not excited about that it is uh, apparently according to the i talked to a fedex guy about our packages i just saw him pull in and i was just like i don't know maybe this guy will know uh, and I talked to him about it, and he was like, oh, yeah, no, all over the city, people get their packages stolen. And I knew that was happening in Tennessee, too. You know, I'd hear it from friends and whatnot. Yeah. And it's just like, what are we doing? Like, we're going to continue with this weird system where you just drop a package out some, outside somebody's door and, you know, fuck them if it gets stolen. <laughs> like, I'm sure, there's right? got to be a solution to this. And, and obviously, like, I assume most of the people doing it are doing it out of necessity. So yeah, especially I, during not, the holidays where they got to make yes. a billion deliveries a day. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it would be hard to knock on every single door and make sure everybody gets their package. But I don't know, man. It's, it's, 
it is an issue for sure. I wonder if you're going to just sign on to the show there next week and be like, man, this this week I got turned into a werewolf and a vampire. Yeah, a werepire. Uh-huh. Damn. <laughs> when the full moon, moon comes out, I turn into a dog hungry for blood. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks, dude. That's, uh, I mean, yeah. moving is so, you know. Uh, uh, fun and stress-free anyway it's good to add stuff on top of it right dude i i like i swear there was about uh, you know a period from from the time that we left amarillo texas to uh the two days after we moved in here and we found out that our packages had been stolen uh that i was just like blissful like everything was peaceful and cool and calm and then the shit hit the fucking fan. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. I don't that sucks, need man. this. Yeah. I think I passed the baton to you. Cause like last yeah. week I was telling you about how crazy our Thanksgiving week was right. and all the shit going on. And now like everything over here is, has leveled out quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think I just handed it to you. Is this like, it follows? Are we going to keep passing oh, it back shit. and forth now? If you podcast with someone, it, it passes on to them. That's it. Hey, anybody oh. want a guest on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. And then never talk to us again, ever, yeah, maybe? Ever. <laughs> Dude, I was thinking the other day about just how funny and how absolutely irrelevant the term podcast even is. Yeah, because yeah no one has an iPod. Exactly. Like it, It's one of those terms that has just entered the vocabulary and it's just become known as a podcast. Yeah. And it didn't hit me until like maybe yesterday where I was like, wait. It's called that because of an iPod yep. podcast, uh, but we Anna just po- still haven't renamed it. Anna pointed this out to me. We still use the term rewind. Nothing oh, no, is right? being wound. Not no, even close. there's no winding. <laughs> Not even remotely. Yeah. Ugh. It's weird. So stupid. Well, man, that sucks. I'm sorry you've had a stressful week. That blows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it'll. I think things will improve, but. That's hope, honestly. That's it. I hope things will improve. I I do really like our neighborhood, and like we are so close to so many things. Like it, it was, it was like thirty eight degrees the other day, but I walked and got sushi from nearby. Like I I got Vietnamese coffee not far from here that was fucking amazing. Had an ube foam on it. Like, ooh, love this area. So I'm I'm not gonna let those two experiences ruin this area for me. Well, let me maybe give you a couple pieces of information here that just might cheer your week up and stuff a little bit. Is that okay? You ready for that? Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. So, as you know, I've been on this quest to become bored of the rings, where I watch the (laughs) Lord of the Rings trilogy over and over through the holiday season in an attempt to become bored of it. Still hasn't happened, by the way. Good, good. Still not happened. I'm I'm about three quarters of the way through my second time through the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, Still absolutely fucking awesome. Absolutely. And I've had some observations about this. Okay. So you know how the movie starts with Galadriel's voiceover being like, yes. the world has changed, you know? Mm-hmm. And she kind of starts talking about how, you know, all this stuff happened, but nobody remembers it because it happened a long time ago. Right. It just got me thinking about, like, what if the entirety of the Lord of the Rings trilogy is like a blog that Galadriel is like writing in a Soho <laughs> coffee shop Wait, so like in modern day times. It's, it's basically Gossip Girl. Is that it? It's like Sex in the City, or you know? Sex in the City, like, yeah. what, if, what if it got all the way through the entire trilogy uh-huh. 
And it finally, you know, does that zoom out of like uh-huh. uh, uh, Sam in the Shire with his wife and his kids and all that. And yeah. then you just cut to like, oh, it's fucking <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker, like typing on her laptop, the end at a Starbucks. The end. <laughs> it's like, that's that's Gladriel now. <laughs> or, or like in that uh, Lindsay Lohan movie, uh, I Know Who Killed Me. Shit, yeah. Uh, which I fucking highly recommend for just bad camp but also I, I i genuinely like a lot of it uh we should do it on the show yeah for sure yeah but she she is there's like a running thing where she's telling a story in class and at one point she she says to be continued like what if oh. that was it like you get the, through the whole lord of the rings trilogy and then it's just Lindsay lohan standing in front of her class and she's like to be continued <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a really cool way they could have wrapped up the entire story frankly yeah absolutely um, <laughs> i was also thinking about those uh those dang old urukai you know uh-huh yeah yeah because there's that scene in the first one where it shows them being born, and they're just coming out of these just nasty old Mad mud hell, pots. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they just come out of that thing just covered in mud. I assume old Sour Man has to go back in the back and hose <laughs> them off with the, the water hose man. back there or something, you yeah. know? <laughs> but they're just so muddy and nasty as soon as they come out the, yeah. whatever, earth womb, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of thinking, and I know that you had this one friend that would do this, where you'd like invite them over... And then, like, five minutes before they show up, they'd be like, oh, hey, I'm bringing my other friend that you don't know. Is that cool? All right, we'll be right there, you know? (laughs) I'm just thinking there's several people that I know that I I knew in college that definitely would have called me up at some point and been like, oh, hey, man, I'm coming over. Hey, I stopped at the gas station, and I met this really fucking cool guy. I'm going to bring him over. Listen, he's really tight. He's really cool. He's in, like, great shape. Uh, He's going to come over with me if that's all right, man. He's got some beer. Uh, he's an he's an Urukai. We'll see you guys soon. And then like this dude would show up with this like big shitty mud covered guy, yeah. and he'd like sit on my fucking sofa. Uh huh. Just getting the mud everywhere. Yeah. Like, God damn it! Like this is a new fucking piece of furniture, dude. Like and you can't bring this guy over here. You know, I don't know this you know, guy. He's like, covered in mud. Right. Like he's sitting there getting mud all over your couch, and then he's like. You got eat food? Oh, I ain't had nothing to eat but maggoty bread all week. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're running short on man flesh, sir. Oh man, I, like yeah, I mean, and also your friends like yeah, you know, he's vowed to destroy the world of men, but he's cool. He's cool, dude. No. He's totally cool. Listen, he's you're gonna cool. like him. Not cool at all. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he bring this fucking guy over here? <laughs> This Uru guy. Uru guy. <laughs> that he met at the gas station while he was buying smokes and a lottery ticket. I listen, cause like I I grew up in some some very shady situations, uh, oftentimes around drug deals and things as as a child. Um and I, I definitely then in transitioning to teenagerhood was friends with the children of the drug dealers etc so i've I've had so many instances of those friends bringing over someone even more frightening exactly (laughs) and it's like how this person that you brought over doesn't have friends there's no way anyone is friends with this person (laughs) but now he's in my home thanks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'll go count my silverware later. Thanks. 
Dude, back whenever we lived, you know, back on Burnett Avenue, back in Jefferson City, Tennessee, like just our shitty little rental house that we had, our first home, like that kind of shit would always happen. Always. Yep. yep. So fucking annoying. Don't it bring is. Urukai to people's houses, y'all. Yeah, leave the Urukai at the gas station. Mm-hmm. At least wash them off first if you're gonna. Yeah, take them to Taco Bell so they can get something other than a maggoty bread so they're not complaining, yeah. you know? Yeah. Get them a, <laughs> a, a, a fourth meal or something. Yeah, they cheesy need. gordita crunch. Uh, listen, anybody's going to be a bit nicer after they eat a cheesy gordita crunch. I'm mm, just saying. Mm. Mm-hmm. We started watching on that Wednesday day on the Netflix. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jenna Ortega kicking ass. Uh-huh. Have you watched on it yet? I haven't. I mean, we're two episodes in. I I will say it is about what I was expecting. Okay. Um, I might... Listen, I might be at such an age that I am not entertained by, like, ultra-sullen kids complaining about stuff and being really negative all the time. Okay. I might just be too old for that. Hmm. So you're not going to be watching my so-called life anytime soon. I mean, probably, yeah. Pro- that you know what? That doesn't count. That doesn't oh, count. Okay, yeah. No, I, uh, I get but, what you, I yeah. get what you mean. Like it, it's. I mean, it's clearly not intended for us. I don't. No, think. definitely not. No, and, and I get that people are really loving it, and uh, uh, yeah, Jen Ortega is just like killing it. She's and, great. Uh, yeah. becoming really popular on that stuff. So cool. If you're enjoying it, I hope that you are. But hey, newsflash. Not intended for, you know, late 30s uh, male dudes. Like, maybe maybe that's not the intended audience hey, for that. Hey, Wednesday, the 90s called. They want their apathy back. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not seeing my voice in it, Steve. I'm just not seeing my voice wow. in it. Wow. I can't believe I know. it. I know. <laughs> shocking. So I'm mad about the entire thing, obviously. Right, and you you were so, upset because a woman, yeah. well, a woman is in the lead role, so you're. Oh mad about my god, it. Ah. I can't relate. I just can't relate, dude. Yeah, yeah, I it's it. it's somewhere in between, you know, like a like an Adams Family and a little bit of a Harry Potter vibe and sullen teenager content. So I don't know if you like it, you like it. I'm I'm not really loving it so far, but yeah, again, what do you expect, right? Uh, I'm interested for sure. But that's also one of those one of those things that just kind of like brings it to the forefront where it's like, okay, to the person reviewing the thing, was it made for you? Did you not like it, or was it just not made for you? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that is something I think everyone, if you're going to get into any sort of criticism, has to acknowledge that like you're not being objective. As much yeah. as you might try to be, and you should, in, in criticism, I think it's important to try to be objective to get at the heart of a movie and understand its themes and stuff. But even if you do all that and and come to the conclusion that actually it's very well put together and you don't like it at the end of the day, that's fine. Maybe it's just not for you. Yeah, exactly, right? It's like, guess yeah. what? Maybe it just wasn't yeah, intended no for you. Deal. So yeah. yeah, You don't have to hate it just because you didn't personally get entertainment out of it, but you don't have to love it just because it is technically good. Yeah, totally, right? Mm-hmm. It's that kind of thing. Uh, Kate and I went and saw that Violent Night, that new uh, oh, was man, it Dave, I'm David Harbour movie. That. Yeah, I love David Harbour, so I, I, I hear this is good. What do you think about it? It was. It's fun, man. I, awesome. I definitely recommend checking it out. It is. It is very much a synthesis of 
Bad Santa, Home Alone, Die Hard, uh-huh. and just like casual references to tons of other like classic Christmas movies, but in this like yeah, very like ultra violent kind of package. Yeah, uh, it, okay. it's fun. It's honestly like pretty much what you're thinking it's going to be. It's basically that. I mean, how does it compare to say Santa's sleigh with Bill Goldberg? I mean, less spearing for sure. <laughs> Definitely less spearing. I, I do I could like have used that a few movie, but it's got a lot of early two thousands humor that oh my does not God, work dude. anymore. Yeah, it just hit me in any of the ad campaigns for Bill Goldberg's Santa sleigh. Uh huh. Did they ever try to even incorporate something along the phrasing of like uh, uh, "feel the Christmas spear it"? Since he did the spear, like, did they even try to work yes. that in? He's spreading the Christmas spear. It. I don't know. If you did had they even try for that ad company, everyone would have stood and just slow clapped. Slow clap. Yeah, yes. they'd be like, "Clear your office. You're going to the top floor." There'd have been like a line of people. It's just like, well, this is the blowjob line. I'm in. <laughs> in third place right now we each want to give you one you can take them all or pick and choose (laughs) spirit steve spirit Spirit. christmas spirit spirit okay so yeah all right so the david harbour movie fun i'm I'm excited to watch it oh yeah i mean it is what it is it's not like a fucking life-changing movie or anything like that but right uh, I did enjoy it, man. Um, we also watched a whole bunch of just Christmas drivel, Steve. A whole bunch. Okay. I, I haven't had <laughs> much of a fill of drivel yet. I've, I've watched a lot of the, the ones that I do love. But yeah. I am interested in getting into just pure Christmas drivel. What did you see and should I watch it? Um, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, like I said on last week's show, we've been painting our, our main apartment and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we just need like pretty mindless stuff just to have on while right. we're painting. Uh, fortunately, now most of the painting is done and everything looks fucking fabulous. We, uh, we actually started listening to a Christmas audio book while we were doing some painting one night. Oh, okay. And I did not know about this. So, Okay. Christmas with the Cranks. You know the Tim uh-huh. Allen I do. movie? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's based on a book called Skipping Christmas by fucking John Grisham? <laughs> what? <laughs> that's a John Grisham story. <laughs> like, what? Okay. So we started the audiobook of that just because we were like, eh, we're not really going to be paying attention. We know the movie well enough. This will be an easy follow. So far, it's been good, honestly. Like, it's been a All pretty... Right. Pretty good representation of what we saw in the movie. It's been an easy listen and stuff. Um, so, I don't know. I've been enjoying it. I had no I, idea it was John Grisham, though. What the fuck? Yeah, I think I would ref- probably refer to John Grisham's books as easy listening. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. I've, tri- I've tried to read John Grisham, and I'm just like, ugh, gross. <laughs> um, I haven't. I've never read any of them. But if I was listening to it, I'd be like, ugh, all right. Continue your easy basic enough. bitch story. Yes. Right. Exactly, man. <laughs> yes. We watched a uh, a Christmas movie called It's Christmas Carol. You get no, it? No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. What is this? It's Christmas Carol. It, what's it's it a about? Uh, it's a movie, dude, get this. You've never heard anything like this. Okay. It it's a it's a movie about a stuck-up big city woman that really okay. needs to learn the true meaning of Christmas, you know? Is the true meaning of Christmas she needs to quit her job and become a wife? Something like that, you know. It's, oh, it's okay. one of those kind wow. of scenarios. Yeah. Um, that had Princess Leia in it. 
Oh, really? Late she was in there. life or? Yeah, yeah. yeah she was okay. as as all three ghosts because it was basically just a Christmas Carol. Only yeah. Oh, okay. Not very good. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't say that it was very good, Steve. Okay. Yeah. Well, I. You know what? I was gonna write it down and check it out, but now I won't. <laughs> you change your mind. Uh, yeah. We watched this uh, th- this mega ultra much louded return to form of a Lindsay Lohan called <laughs> Falling for Christmas on the Netflix. Steve, I've seen stuff from this on Twitter, uh, uh, and I it looks unreal to me. I hardly <laughs> believe it. It looks like a Thirty Rock like cutaway sketch. You know what? It kind of feels like that at times. I, okay. I will say it's not as. It's not as over-the-top ridiculous, yeah, cutaway scene as you want it to be. If right. you're looking for that, I have other ones I would recommend, okay. um, like a, a Cinderella Christmas or uh, The Princess <laughs> Switch. Now, those those really feel like this is a skit, right? Okay. Those movies are fucking amazing. Right. This wasn't as over-the-top as I wanted it to be. Um, it, I mean, yeah, it's shitty. Of course it is. But, you know, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Best subgenre of romantic comedy christmas romantic comedy i don't know why but they're so much more acceptable and bearable i don't know why i i think the christmas romantic comedy embraces what it is and that is a bad story about boring people coming together and who the fuck cares you just wasted (laughs) 90 minutes enjoy yeah yeah Yeah, that's pretty much it that's pretty much it um so that was a big piece of shit It, it wasn't really very good uh but you know it is what it is. Holiday. <laughs> we watched Holiday again with Emma Roberts. Oh, I think okay. it's still actually pretty good. Honestly, it's not I that like bad. That Emma Roberts. Uh huh. I I'm probably not going to watch it, but yeah, still. yeah. <laughs> honestly, it's funnier than you think it's going to be. It's got some okay. pretty funny stuff in there. Um, and we watched the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special on the oh, Disney. Oh yeah, I forgot that's on there. How was it, dude? It's fun. It's 45 it's minutes. It's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Um, some good humor and stuff in there. It's not. I mean, obviously, it's not like incredible or anything, but worth a watch for sure. If you've already okay. got the Disney Plus, you might as well put it on some throw it fun on there, watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, All totally, right. man. Well, what about you? What have you been watching on? I haven't been watching much because um, I don't know. We, you know, all we had here was my computer and um, the floor, so we, Tight. we didn't spend a ton of time watching stuff. But we we have been watching through Community. Uh, and this is my first time ever rewatching season four of Community. Ooh, I've been I've been wanting to watch like the Community like Christmas episodes here lately. Oh, they're really good. Yeah, so good. Uh, yeah. Um, and here's what I'll say about season four. That is that the with, one that Dan Harmon didn't have anything to do with? Right, and not just okay. Dan Harmon. Like so many people involved with production and 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 writing were gone. Um, mm-hmm. It if. It is it is still funny. It is basically like a funny regular sitcom. It's not doing anything. It feels like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not doing anything different. Even when they're trying to do something different, it just feels like they're trying to capture the different things that had been done in the previous seasons. And the characters don't really grow. They're pretty stagnant. Um but the writing is still funny. So I still think it's the worst season by far, but sure. I am not as upset at it as I was before. It's just kind of okay. bleh, I feel like. 
which is I've just watched an episode yeah. or two from it, and it is like you said, it, it is just like any other good sitcom. It's just yeah. it's fine if that's all that there, there ever was. You'd be like, yeah, this is a pretty fucking funny show, right? But knowing how fucking incredible those first couple seasons are, goddamn! If y'all haven't watched Community, yeah, it's great. Jesus Christ, it's yeah. so fucking good, man. Well, and the thing that I'm excited for is, and you know, uh, I I think these just weren't seen as much, but season five and six I think are so fucking good, and Word. I'm excited to get to them. So yeah, I don't know if I've great. watched those yet. Actually, you should. You definitely should. I really like season five. Has one, I think my favorite episode. I think it's the second episode of season five. I believe it is my favorite episode of, of Community. Definitely worth watching. And season six is so fun because I got uh, 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 Keith David and Paget Brewster. And uh, the Dean gets a lot more time. And I just think nice. Jim Rash is so fucking funny. Dean! He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. Uh, so, yeah, we've, we did watch some things because we still had the Screaming Chat and Ice Cream Sunday, which I am still trying to get used to how early those things are out here. Look at you. Look <laughs> at time zones, bro. Look it's at the them. Worst. It's the worst. We're, like, I can't get hammered at six on a Friday and then just have hours after that. Like, what am I supposed to do? I'm just drunk now. With I bet you could if you tried. I mean, I can. I, it's not hard. I I could do it pretty easily, but it, it, yeah. it's just not feasible. But mm. it, 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 that's not affecting the quality of conversation and the quality of movie, uh, which is generally bad. Uh, we did watch a movie I talked about last week, Silent Night, Bloody Night, because uh, I oh, found yeah, it on yeah. YouTube. And Silent Night, Bloody Night, not great, but good i like things about it and it is important because it precedes black christmas by two years and has you know a plot element where a guy is making phone calls and uh you know it's it's interesting in context to think of and there isn't a segment of it that's like uh i guess a flashback that i think is is really really good uh but it it, it's still it's not amazing, but check it out sometime. But then on Sunday, Ice Cream Sunday, we watched A Christmas Horror Story, which is, uh, I mean, it's an anthology, but kind of like, you know, with Trick or Treat, you know how some of the stories are playing out, like, overlapping? Yeah. So it's all overlapping, which I don't think helps the story. Uh, but, I mean, part one of the segments is... All of the all of Santa's elves get zombified, like, and Santa has to kill them. That's really fun. <laughs> it's a fun. I'm moment. trying to remember if I've watched this, dude. Like, this sounds so familiar to me, and I feel like it might have been one of those ones that I had on a year or two ago, but wasn't paying much attention to. I right. don't remember, but I feel like maybe I have seen this. I think it had the the wraparound story, which I guess is not a wraparound since it's occurring along with all the other stuff uh and uh the segment with the child i won't say much more than that if you haven't seen it the segment Mm. with the child uh that starts acting odd those are good those are good we want i mean it was krampus uh well almost krampus knocked so we wanted to do a krampus movie and there's a krampus bit in there 
So okay. it was. It's okay. It's not amazing. It's on Shutter. So if you if you're looking for some Christmas horror, it's definitely worth checking out. All right. Well, maybe I'll scope it out and see if I did watch it or not. Yeah, <laughs> I and need that, to know. That I mean, the thing about the thing about it is because it's an anthology. You know, you normally get that. Well, this will be over in five minutes. But because they mixed them together and spread every story out through the entire runtime it doesn't have that positive to it like Mm. you don't get to just be like oh i didn't like that segment next segment um so that that sucks but it does have some good bits okay right on man right on well i'm sure there's many more holiday festive movies that we can get around to hopefully some more holiday horror movies that we'll talk about on the show and stuff here soon as well that we can get into this tree fest season you guys got a tree over there yet you got a crimbus tree christmas bush over there um our tree just came in in the the pod today and we're also gonna be going to michael's to shop for a second tree wait hang on your tree came in the pod you gotta mop that up or something what's going on (laughs) yeah we got out to the pod and there was this sap all over everything and the tree was like (laughs) you guys left me in here for like 10 days Oh, skeet, 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 <laughs> said the tree. Yes. Pollinating everything. Damn, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hopefully you guys get more in the jovial spirit. I mean, it, it's the season of giving, not taking. Right, oh, thieves? Come it? on. Is that right? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. I'll, you know, anybody need anything, let me know. You'll have Amazon deliver it and leave it out on the porch and <laughs> come get it. Yeah, come get Sons it. Sons of bitches. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you what, Steve, this movie, what we're talking about today, it is not what I would call a dry film whatsoever. No, the moisture no. content is through the roof, Steve. 100% uh, uh, humidity in this movie, I think. Yeah. Dude, I mean, in addition to just all the the, the general uh, just sopping wet stickiness of so many of the characters in here, you got a basement that's just full of liquid in this? <laughs> Everything true. be sopping. It's true. Just a what did cause that i didn't really think about why the basement was flooded i don't really know i'm not really sure about that but i'll tell you what man there's a lot of people that probably watch this movie because of our award deserving podcast Mm -hmm. and they just found themselves just starving or wait perhaps dying of thirst for perhaps some more suggestions of moist movies they might consume, Steve. It's true. They're probably just They're like, parched. Yeah. You could just like see them like dry ass mouth, just like, please give me more moist movies. <laughs> so if your if your film palette is parched, then right here when we enter the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. You're gonna be in the right place because we're gonna give you guys a rundown of some other moist movies that you might want to check out. Steve, what if I wanted to watch a movie what had a beautiful lady who was in there just being covered in all kinds of slime and stuff because maybe she's an alien? <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe you're, talk- maybe you're talking about how these xenomorphs are just uh, lubed up like crazy. Oh, you know what? Funny, funny thing. That could describe either one. I was thinking about a species... Oh, but also an alien. Either way, we got H.R. Giger. That guy right. loves wet stuff. He did designs <laughs> he for both movies. He loves a wet alien. That's just all he's thinking about most of the day. I mean, you know, not anymore. 
because of the dead. That's true. Because of being yeah. the dead. Yeah. Well, since we brought up both movies at the same time, Alien and Species, which of these aliens do you think is moister than an oyster, Steve? <laughs> I, you know, which what? Species one? is probably moister than an oyster because, you know, the 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 alien xenomorph has that like, you know, aside from being dipped in lube. It has that. I was gonna say, yeah, that like hard carapace. Whereas the the species uh, alien was a human for a little bit, you know, so mo- normal moist human skin, and then goes down <laughs> normal, into okay, yeah, then goes down into a sewer to give birth, and Ooh. I've got to assume there was some sweating going on there. So you might be right there, real yeah. moist, hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to compare. It's like. The, the, the xenomorphs that were literally made of condoms and KY jelly mm-hmm. versus the species lady who had dreams of a of a bone train, Steve. A bone train. <laughs> she did have a bone train dream. And that Those was are some horny dreams. Those are some horny-ass dreams. <laughs> For sure. Dream about that bone train. Yeah, what if I got on the bone train to Dicktown? <laughs> Either way, you're going to be in just a, uh, uh, you know, just a, a wealth of moisture. If you yeah, absolutely. Yeah, going to be you soaking know? wet. Mm-hmm. What about one that maybe has an Arnie in it? Oh, you talking How about... How moist is a predator? Yeah, predator is probably one of the more moist uh, action sci-fi horror films out there. As not only are they in... Uh, uh, you know, a forest with like Ooh. almost a hundred percent tree cover, so you know it's got a whole bunch of moisture. They're oh, all it's damp, sweaty as hell. Uh, there's a river. At one point, he covers himself of, in mud. What's more moist than that? Damn, yeah, it is a pretty sopping movie when you think about it. Like you think about you think about Predator, you're like, man, that movie is hard. But in reality, it's, <laughs> it's hard wet. and wet. Yeah. <laughs> a lethal combination <laughs> predator that movie is wet yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. put it on the dvd box this movie uh-huh. is hard and wet quote <laughs> dead lovely yes i'd That's gladly pretty, put my name okay on that. you know what the crow is pretty fucking damp oh, as well yes it is i mean you know you got not only all the rain and stuff but like everybody's getting boozed up which you know, means their insides are nice and wet. They're drinking bullets. They're so fucking greased up in that place. <laughs> They're firing it up. Yeah. Listen, I mean, that, that little old girl in there, she says can't rain all the time. I think she's full of shit. Uh, <laughs> according to this movie, it I, can and does rain all the time. From my experience in Portland so far, yes, it can. Plenty of it, huh? Mm-hmm. It's been a rainy time in Tennessee as well. Yeah. Been a coming down out there. Yeah, the crow's wet as hell for sure. I think, though, of... You know, a movie similar to The Beyond in in uh, some some creature design, Slither. Now Ooh. that is a wet ass movie. And dude, is there anything nastier than a really soggy Michael Rooker? I don't think that there is. <laughs> no, that's a good point. The soggier Michael Rooker gets, the nastier it gets. Yes, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. That movie definitely has some. Um, some very greasy surfaces in it, for sure. Yeah. I mean, think about uh, Rooker in Henry, Portrait of a Serial mm. Killer. Like, he's sweaty all the time, and that's a nasty-ass movie. So That is proof. true. Yeah, I think he's even soggier in this one. Yeah, I believe so. Now, a gremlin 
it, it's Ooh. the holiday season. A gremlin gets pretty soggy. If you're just like, you know what? Yeah. I need something to get me in the Christmas soggy spirit. Uh-huh. It might be a gremlin. Them things slimy. Yeah, I feel like if you touch a gremlin, yeah, you just like come away with like three or four strands of slime trailing. Oh, yeah. oh your hands are going to be sticky all damn day because of that thing. And maybe that's why they're so like ornery, you know? Yeah, could be. Because nobody will touch them. Maybe Sad. if you ever meet a gremlin, what if you just had some like cornstarch or maybe some um, <laughs> some talcum what's a, powder? <laughs> what's that stuff that uh, I, I remember like back in like the early two thousands, like dudes our age would put that shit on their balls, like a gold bond. Oh, gold bond, yes, gold bond medicated powder on some on a a, a gremlin. I mean, might just dry them up. It, it might make might, them pretty easy help. to be around. <laughs> Let's just okay. Let that is a commercial we need to pitch to the Gold Bond people. Yes, <laughs> yes, Gold Bond on a Gremlin. What is more relevant right now than the Gremlins? Yeah, huge, huge property, gigantic. Nobody stops talking about them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you just show what it can improve their mood if you just you know take some of that moisture off of them. Yeah, I think. Definitely, if if I were uh, dripping wet with, like, goo all the time, I feel like my mood would be affected. Yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly so. <laughs> certainly. Now, I'll tell you one that I think about when I think about my favorite moist movies. You know, sometimes you want to see a flick where it's generally pretty dry, pretty arid, but has moments of extreme soppiness in it where... Maybe people just cluster together in a big old sopping wet using a pile. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, that's I know what you That's when you watch mean. Society, dude. That's uh-huh. when you watch that fucking joint right the there. The shunting. Oh, my God, dude. It's wet. It's, it is, it's wet and sticky and meldy. And Ooh. Just, I mean, as far as sex parties go, it looks terrible. I don't want to be there. Dude, there is no surface that's being left without a sheen on it oh, at the end yeah. of the day right there. And you they know? didn't even lay down some tarps or anything. Like You definitely should have. Some old blankets, just yeah. something. A drop yeah. cloth, whatever you got. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you're going to have to you know pay the cleaning people so much to get Ugh. all that lube out of the couch and stuff. I don't know. It just sounds like a bad idea. If you're going to have people over to do some shunting, I recommend sticking to the hard surfaces. Go for mm-hmm. your tile, mm-hmm. go for your porcelain, your hardwood floors. Yep. Avoid Stay away from the carpet. lubricants. Those for are going to sure. just be so hard to clean up. It's going to be a nightmare, really. <laughs> like, it'll be fun while the shunting is going on, but the sure. cleanup will make it all not worth it whatsoever. Look, we all agree shunting is the best. It's super hot and we all love it. But But, cleanup. What am I Mm. supposed to do? Mm mm mm. Yeah. It's a real mess, man. That Brian using it, man, I'm gonna dub him the Duke of Damp. (laughs) You know? The Duke of Damp. Okay. I think that's fair. You know? Because he he and he and Stuart Gordon uh wrote honey i shrunk the kid and i always thought that ant looked slimy it's definitely shiny it's glistening yeah yeah Yeah. that makes sense they are yeah the dukes of damp (laughs) (laughs) the sultans of sweat (laughs) 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 yeah gross (laughs) 
that um that blob remake that we did that's not Ooh. a very dry movie either no, that's pretty uh, no. moist uh, yeah i'd say uh not only do you have a you know big slimy blob covering people entirely uh which you know i gotta assume since it seems acidic like at first you're just like oh i'm just covered in slime wait why am i burning um that's true also the blob hangs out down in a sewer Oof. yeah that's gross oh yeah first of all but it's very wet it is indeed yeah if you want a moist movie that might be one that you check out yep yep i and i hope everyone's writing this down write down each of the movies and then go through and check them off as you finish them and then of course you know write write to us and say like you know what moist level you thought it attained that's true yeah (laughs) on a scale of one to moist one to moist how moist was it now something that i've always really liked about hellraiser is that there is a decent amount of glisten in this movie Mm -hmm. you know but even the surfaces in that movie that you think are dry look like they're wet all that shiny patent leather yeah it'd be glistening Yeah. yeah and you also got like the floorboards uh, turning into a, a a goopy man. So even the floorboards, I guess, were were kind of wet. They were, yeah, definitely. They were they were uh, accepting participants for sure. Yeah. Also, the the uh, you know when Frank shows up and fucks his brother's wife, it's on a yeah. rainy day. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was already quite soggy, and then man, when he comes back and he's like getting his skin back and stuff. Yeah. I don't know Real if goopy. I've ever seen a moister man yeah. personally. Uh huh. Also, um, uh, Butterball is, uh, you know, he, he's a larger gentleman and as a fellow of some size myself, I can tell you if I was standing there in a leather coat, I'd be sweating my ass off. So I got to assume mm. Butterball is sweaty as shit. He's probably got an ecosystem going on uh-huh. inside, <laughs> a, funk, inside all that leather. Some funk. <laughs> probably so, man. He's a moist monster, a, mo- a moist, moistener. A moistener. You know? Oh, no. Moistener. I was attacked by a moistener. Uh, Hellraiser's just full of, of Sternabots and moisteners. <laughs> covered Except in Except for them. the new one, which is dry and crispy looking. So That's weird, right? Yeah. yeah, that new Hellraiser is arid. Like, what is going on right here, man? They covered everything in Old Spice and a Perspirant. What's happening? <laughs> it's like they didn't appreciate the importance of being wet to the entire yeah. Hellraiser franchise. Who knew that that was the linchpin that held the entire thing together, right? <laughs> yes. It was being wet, and then it was practical effects, and then it was showing those practical effects in the light. Those are the three things that they didn't get. They didn't get it, man. Yeah. They made this. They made the Sternobots, and then they had them go through the, uh, the cornstarch dusting machine, dry them <laughs> off while they got on camera. Big mistake. I do feel like if you touched one of those Cenobites, there would be just a layer of dust on them. Right. Is this flour? What the fuck? Yeah, they seem quite dry. They do. They do. The OG got it right. I think that Jason, he's probably a moistener as well, isn't he? Well, one, he drowned. So, super wet. Two, he was down there a long time, it seems, because then he jumps up out of uh, the water onto the boat or whatever. Uh, soggy three he gets uh, uh the the uh, chained down at the crystal lake so he's in crystal lake again for a long period of time then in jason takes manhattan 
uh, they're on a ship. Then Jason goes to hell. There's a sewer scene. A lot of sewer shit in horror movies. But also, Jason, the whole Friday the 13th series is very wet. I mean, it's always next to a lake. Yeah, that's true. By default, you're going to be pretty fucking soggy because of that, huh? Except when they go to space. Driest Jason out there. That's true. Yeah, that's true. In space, no one can hear you moist. (laughs) It's true. It's weird, too, because that movie has Cronenberg in it. A master of moisture. Oh, dude, he really is, right? Yeah. I'm just saying... What if at the end of one of those times where Jason has been down there at the bottom of a lake or what uh-huh. have you for a long period of time, what if he's been down there in that cold water for so long and his you know, his clothes are down there just, just biodegrading and just falling apart? What if he eventually like emerged out of that cold, cold lake and come out of that thing and his trousers are just ripped and shredded and they fall off of him and you see his like... His dong is just shriveled up so tiny because it's cold in there. Yeah, he's been in he's been in the lake that long. It doesn't matter if you're a grower or a shower. That thing has gone back inside. It, yeah, it's yeah. hiding. You know, maybe that's what would finally make him talk. Where he'd be like, "I was in the lake for like a yeah. hundred years." <laughs> he comes out and like he's about to murder, you know, some gal having sex or whatever, and she's just like, "Oh, what is that oh, little look dick at that. out there? I was in the lake." <laughs> He goes running away, embarrassed. Aww. Yeah. It's like, Jason, don't be embarrassed. You know, we yeah. all go through it. You go in the cold water. It happens water. to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's just natural. Yeah. And that's what happened. This is a redemption movie where Jason is made fun of for his, his small, just out of the lake dick. And then he goes to kill somebody. And the person's like, hey, dude, you don't have to be ashamed. And he's just like, wait, what? He's like <laughs> huh? holding the machete like two inches you know? above the head. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah. What if that turns out that that's the entire apex of like why Jason kills all these people anyway? Is like in in <laughs> life while he's alive. Life. <laughs> when he was a little kid, he came out of the water and his trunks were sticking to him, and somebody made fun of his like tiny dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after he like you know uh, drowns and comes back or whatever, he's just anticipating people making fun of his shrunken dong, and he's like, I gotta kill these people before they can make fun of it. I know they can see it. My jeans are sticking to me. They're clinging. I'm so moist. <laughs> I got to fucking murder these people before they could even comment on it. He's just that worked up and ashamed about it. That's wow. actually been why Jason's been killing people all along, dude. Look, I mean, it's it's understandable to be a little bit, I don't know, uh, nervous about showing your genitals to someone, Jason. But, hey, you know, someone's going to love you for you. That's true. Uh-huh. If you just stop killing them, maybe you give them Finally, a second. Finally, you know, like, come on. Somebody's going to see and be like, big guy, tiny dick. Finally. Great. <laughs> exactly what I've been wanting. I want a just fella of some size, but also I have a very shallow vagina. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, you know, keep it small. <laughs> keep it Could small. Happen. Could happen. Yes. You know? What do you think about a movie that's got a dang old crocodile slithering around in it? That can get pretty soggy. Maybe in a basement? uh, I think we're thinking of gators. There's gators down there in Mm, Florida. With the Mirepoix. Mm -hmm, They down there with the Trinity and the Bayou. (laughs) I I don't know if 
people in the Florida swamps talk like people in New Orleans, but maybe they do. They know about the Rue, and they know about the Mirepoix. <laughs> they know about making a, a, a king cake, putting a baby in there. <laughs> we used to put a real baby in there. If you got the baby, it meant you were having a baby, maybe for the next king cake. Who knew? Mm, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> a Florida tradition, yes. A Florida tradition, yes. Uh, crawl, though. Yeah, Crawl is a wet-ass movie for it sure. It is. Wham, wham, wham. That's a wet-ass wet movie. wet-ass movie, yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, it's uh, in Florida. It's already wet. Two, during a flood. Uh, three, Ooh, man. In, a, in, a, in a crawl space. Uh, already probably pretty fucking damp. And then oh, there's all these gators around damp, yeah. glistening with water. Oh, just shining. Uh-huh. Dude, they shine, don't they? I I mean, I don't love crawl, but it is for sure moist almost the entire time. It I is. mean, it starts it really with is. her swimming in a pool and then goes to flooded basement with gators in it. Man, can you get any wetter? The wetter, the better, you know? <laughs> the wetter, the cheddar. Hmm? Mm, that's Yum. it. That's Wet it. cheddar. Everybody's favorite. I mean, maybe you watched a, a creature feature like, let's say, an anaconda, and you're like, this is good. It's just so dry. And people are like, do you mean like the humor is dry? And you're like, no, no, no. Literally, everything doesn't look wet enough for me to enjoy this movie. Maybe Crawl is for you. Yeah. Also, Anaconda is a very wet movie. Now Pretty that damn I think one. about it. I mean, yeah. You know, they're on a river the whole time. There's there's uh, a big old anaconda snake. There's a bunch of them, and then there's a waterfall snake. That's all. Like I'm at this waterfall. I guess just eating people. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Anaconda. Boy, that's something. Something of a movie. I think we've been putting off talking about the master of moist himself, Steve. Yeah. One. Dave Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, because you you can't talk about wet ass movies, whams, without talking about Cronenberg. He is the godfather of moisture for sure. So I was talking to my buddy Thomas about this, and he made a really astute observation about Cronenberg movies. Because okay, you know, most of us that are into horror, when we think about Cronenberg, yeah, we're thinking about The Fly uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yeah. But then there's also all these other movies that he's made, like A History of Violence. Oh, um, yes. Eastern Promises. All these other ones. Eastern yeah, Promises. Both great movies. Thomas summed it up so well when he said, Cronenberg makes wet movies or dry movies. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. Like Crash, dry movie. Yeah. There's the a Fly, f- wet movie. I'm trying to remember because there's a fight scene in Eastern Promises and I'm trying to remember if it's in a sauna or a steam room because if it's in a sauna, <laughs> that sounds like something fuck, he like, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> steam room though, that is a damp fight. That's a damp movie. Yeah, that, that's Woo. that's when he's mixing the two. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely the master of, of moisture, though, man. And oh, the fly sure. is is his master. It's his moisture piece. <laughs> it's his moisture piece for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, any any though, like. Uh, scanners, those brain explosions are juicy. Um, oh, they're juicy. Yeah, they're Lucy and juicy for sure. Yeah, existence is is just a, a sheen of wetness all over the place. Yeah, I, I, yes, you're right. He is, he is, just the master of moisture. 
Mm, yes, indeed. Yeah, if there's any other movies out there that we missed that maybe get moister than most, I want to hear about them. But I think that's a pretty comprehensive guide to some moist movies for those yeah. of you guys out there who watched From Beyond and you're like, I need more wet movies in my life. This might yeah. give you a good a good menu to shop from, a moisture menu. For sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, let us know what we missed because I'm sure there's some moist-ass movies out there that just escaped our attention mm-hmm yeah we're gonna have to listen to a few episodes of um uh cinema sopping to find out which ones we missed cinema sopping yeah the podcast where they talk about moist movies today moist movies we're talking mm-hmm. about underwater the mariana trench can you get wetter okay you know what honestly that that by statistics is one of the moistest movies. I don't know of any other movie that has as much water content. If you're in the Mariana Trench, dude, there's there's just wetness everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Like that, you you can't walk out the door without running into some wetness. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm. Moister than a damn oyster, right there. So let us know which <laughs> ones we missed that would make it onto your list. But now I think it's about time that we start talking about. The subject of today's show, From Bay On, a love story. Uh-huh. I prefer From Nearby. I like oh, local. yeah, From Nearbys? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. These From Beyonds, you don't even know where they're from. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think in, in my world, From Beyond means somebody who's from, like, the White Pine region or beyond. <laughs> or beyond. The White Pine, just... For uh, anyone wondering, whoa, what the fuck's White Pine? It is directly next to Talbot where we grew up. It is. And that's beyond. <laughs> it is. But also, too, if you think that we're even joking about something being called something that ridiculous, um, we also have an area in this you know, part of Tennessee called Sneedville that everyone refers we to sure as did. Over Home. Over home over home he's from over home oh and literally people know what you're talking about when you say that so to say someone's from beyond would not be out of place in this area i listen just don't find yourself in sneedville please don't stay away stay away from sneedville (laughs) yeah you don't want to go to there and if you're listening from sneedville hey how you doing hi how's that one traffic light y'all have (laughs) (laughs) we got two now the McDonald's needed a second one. Yeah, for real, right? <laughs> this is the first time that I ever watched this movie. This is one that I had been wanting to see for a while, and I suggested it because it just it, it came up in conversation or something. I was like, dude, we should do that on the show just so I'll have an excuse to watch it. Uh, of course, I had been calling it The Beyond on yeah, last week's Fulci episode movie. over and over. Yeah, and I, I knew what you were talking about, so we, we de- mistakenly told people we were doing The Beyond this week because I didn't think like... Oh, right. That's not the title of the movie we're thinking of. Uh, but we'll get to that one. It's a Fulci movie. Yeah. Definitely worth talking oh, about. Oh, for sure. But this It's movie, actually been too long since we did some Italian oh, some yeah. spaghetti well, horror. It's been a while. Yeah. And we'll get to talk about some of that Italian with this movie, because this was made in Italy with an Italian It was, group. yeah. Mm-hmm. Taste of the old country, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I have seen this. I saw this as a young man. I saw this, you know, a, a few times since. Uh, you definitely, you can understand why uh, a young Steven would, would want to see it more than once as you get uh, Barbara Crampton and S&M gear. <laughs> so, <laughs> and was, boobs. Yes, I, I was definitely into this as a kid, but as an adult, I have fallen in love with it as a movie because I just think like, 
you know, this is 1986. This is kind of the beginning of the end of the horror uh, hype of the 80s. And this is kind of where we're getting more unique horror movies that have been overlooked a lot because they didn't do great at the box office. And this one is very unique. It's tight. It's a well-told story. And, you know, you're only dealing with the majority four characters. You've got uh, the doctor, too, who's kind of important in the late part of the movie. But mostly just dealing with... Uh, uh, Tillinghast, uh, uh, Barbara Crampton, uh, Catherine McMichael, I think is her name. Uh, then Dr. Pretorius, and of course, Ken Faree as Bubba Brownlee. Yeah. And he love Ken Faree. I mean, it's a, that, the, the cast, Jeffrey Combs, Barbara Crampton, and Ken Faree. It's a fucking, that's a home run cast. Oh, yeah. And this is mainly people that had worked on Reanimator the year before. Yes. Yes, it is. It's, um, you know, Stuart Gordon comes from the theater, and you know, in, in the theater, you often have your troop of people that you use for each production, and he wanted to keep that up. Uh, so, you know, he wanted to have in Jeffrey Combs, he wanted to have in Barbara Crampton, and I think that's genius. First of all, Jeffrey Combs is great, Barbara Crampton's great. Uh, not every movie they're in is amazing, but they're always amazing in every movie. They're always awesome, yeah. dude. I remember even whenever we did, was that I know what you did last summer, uh-huh. where we and were like, Jeffrey this Combs movie's a piece of shit. Brief but bit, Jeffrey yeah. Combs is fucking awesome. He's I, great. I love Jeffrey Combs. Like I don't think He's I so knew good. going into this movie that he was in it. Much less, yeah, Ken Faree and and Barbara Crampton and stuff. But yeah. whenever I saw that he was like the lead, I was like, oh fuck yeah, this is a Jeffrey Combs movie. I'm gonna like this a lot. I just I automatically like that guy. He is a really strange, uh-huh. unique <laughs> character of yep. an actor who I don't know. He has a certain tone where I'm like, I can't imagine anybody else playing his parts and like, yeah, Reanimator or this. the Frighteners, for instance. Like, I yeah, can't, the who Frighteners could have done too. That insanity. He's fucking right? nailed it. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs is fucking awesome. I think he's really, really underrated. He's a very specialized kind of actor where it's like his skill set and what he brings to the screen isn't always what you want yeah but whenever it's that vibe i don't know anybody that does it better than him i think he's fucking great i think he and kyle mclaughlin can fit into a similar category who's that uh you know from twin peaks and uh, the uh, original dune and all sorts of other stuff you definitely okay. would recognize him if you saw him plays a weird little guy a lot uh, just like, uh, just like oh, Jeffrey Oh, I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I had to say was he plays a weird little guy a lot. Yeah, like he, yep. the uh, those two and Crispin Glover could form like a weird guy trilo- trinity that would probably destroy us all. And I think Michael Moriarty would be in and out of there as a side character. <laughs> yeah, he, he just comes in every once in a while, yeah. And definitely like nails the, being a weird guy. <laughs> the, the League of Weird Gentlemen. <laughs> That sounds fun, actually. That's, yeah, the weird Avengers. Like fun idea. I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah, so the cast in this really excited me when I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and Barbara Crampton and Ken Faree, dude. Ken Faree, yeah, he's so good. Fucking rules, and yeah. I could tell he was he was having a blast in this movie, and he yeah. is a little bit of our comic relief in the Absolutely. movie to an extent. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the fact that he is Detective Bubba, who is right. a former pro football player, right? And he's just like. Dropping references to football all the time, all even the though time. he's a detective now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it is it is a goofy character. It's almost like 
Scooby-Doo-ish, his, his commitment to talking about uh, football every time he, he gets a chance. But he, he also, like, you know, he, he's not just the comic relief, but he's kind of our way in as the audience because everybody else is intensely, like, knowledgeable about all this stuff. So to have this sort of everyday regular man there that they have to sort of explain stuff to helps because yeah the movie does i mean not that the science is 100 percent or anything but just like with reanimator uh they they took pains to make sure that things were medically accurate and scientifically accurate so a lot hmm. of the stuff in here is accurate um or at least you know an attempt at accuracy if an interdimensional plane with <laughs> creatures that can <laughs> eat your entire body in seconds uh, existed. So, Plus, in such a crazy, horny movie, he does bring the clear outline of a dick and balls and a red bikini brief to the oh, party. Yeah. So he like, contributes so, a lot there. This movie brings a lot. Like, if somebody were to watch this and be like, oh, this is like a real, like, you know, male gaze focused movie because you got like the scenes with the boobs and the scenes with uh, Barbara Crampton and S&M gear, they'd be overlooking how uh, Ken Faree, uh and and Jeffrey Combs are both considered very sexy dudes by a lot of people. And they're both like shirtless or, you know, Ken Faree's just in those little bitty underwear. Like this movie's bringing sex on all fronts. Yeah, it is a it is a mad horny movie for yeah, sure. <laughs> for sure, it is, and I I love it for that because Lovecraft is the most sexless writer out there. I think, and it, that's right. understandable considering that like the depth of human character that he brings to his stories tends to really just be focused on insanity and nothing else. So like, characters just don't have sex thoughts and mm-hmm. there's no real sexuality to it so bringing in all this sex to um a lovecraft story and kind of changing it and making it i don't know more visually appealing it, it definitely i i think it it adds more because the original story is uh basically Tillinghast is performing all these things with the you know the the device fuck what was that called the resonator the resonator yeah, yeah. He's, he's discovered this interdimensional plane with these creatures and the creatures have killed his servants and he's showing it to his friend who is the narrator basically of the story who then uh one of the creatures is right behind the narrator and the narrator shoots the resonator which causes the creatures to disappear and then tilling gas dies of apoplexy basically just gets so agitated that he dies uh oh. and that that's the whole story and that's interesting and this it's like sticks, seven pages right it's right really short. it's not long yeah uh and this, this definitely sticks to some of that but it also takes it in a different direction and i think the main way they do that is by naming the villain dr pretorius and i i know you know maybe you haven't watched the universal monster movies i know ben hasn't i have Uh, not but you should uh very specifically you should definitely see frankenstein and bride of frankenstein like those two are great creature from black lagoon great there, there are a lot of great ones in there, but in Bride of Frankenstein, there is a character named Dr. Pretorius, and 
Dr. Pretorius is gay. He's a gay character. Oh. Um, Frank Whale, director of Bride of Frankenstein, was an openly gay man. And the actor who plays Dr. Septimus Pretorius, uh, Ernest Thesiger, was also a gay man. James Well directed him to play the part as an over-the-top caricature of a bitchy and aging homosexual. Really? Yeah. So, the character of Pretorius is focused on unnatural creation. He wants... Basically, he wants to be a mom in some ways. Oh. And I think that translates here to From Beyond because what happens when the creature that is Dr. Pretorius tries to meld with Tillinghast is essentially he bites off his head using his uh, uh, pussy dick which there are a ton of in this movie just phallic plenty yeah phallic objects that open into yonic cavities that often have teeth uh this big pussy dick bites off his head and then the head is processed and re rebirthed into a body i wasn't expecting that yeah after like jeffrey combs gets yeah devoured or whatever then yeah. he comes back later, emerging from the creature, like you said, right. in this bizarre, yeah, birthing from this bizarre sludge creature. Uh huh. And so I, I think that like what they were trying to do is take Lovecraft's just general idea of like, what if there was a weird space you didn't know about and shit was there, and, and that's that cool. is Lovecraft in a nutshell, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, that they take that and then mix it with this idea of like. What if, you know, this this doctor who is presented as a uh, a masochistic rapist... I mean, the movie that you see, if you don't see the director's cut, doesn't sh- say that all of the stuff he does is non-consensual. But the I was director's wondering cut about that. Okay. And a, a cut scene uh, where it, the, at the beginning, when Tillinghast comes to his door to tell him that the resonator is working... And right wearing bef- that like sexy black bathrobe. I was right. wondering about that. I was like, why is this guy wearing like sexy bathrobe? Well, he was he was nailing a woman's tongue to a board against her will. Uh, I've that, never done that, that to nobody, Steve. Nope. I've never done that to anybody. Nope. But he he is this uh, a sadistic uh, like rapist who also, um, as we learn from Tillinghast, is impotent and his interest in the resonator is to be able to merge with something else and create something new meaning he wants a child he wants a baby uh and this is this like warped version of 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 uh impregnation and birthing and i i think like the the movie is doing something really interesting while being basically a mad scientist movie like that's not, weird yeah because yeah, like i didn't really read into into yeah. that whenever i was watching it but you're you're exactly right like that does seem to be his intent like he is doing something both i i guess you would see it as psychologically uh masculine and feminine right. at the same mm-hmm. time yeah yeah and and it's like it's interesting because you know uh, uh uh james whale and and his pretorious character were whale was obviously going for something about this idea of what if what if gay men could create 
their their own children uh and then kind of following everyone else's thoughts on how monstrous that is but this this is not that like this is not trying to make a point or trying to give any sort of like uh visibility to a particular sexuality or penchant or fetish or whatever it's really just saying like the this mad scientist is warped to the point of this like that's how mm-hmm. crazy he is uh so i don't think overall it is saying anything about uh these things about positive negative or whatever it's not shining a light in in a negative way on on any uh ideas of gay men having babies or whatever it is it is very much just taking his madness to its most extreme point to the point where he will merge Hmm. with interdimensional beings and become a big dick monster (laughs) just to have a child of his own somehow well that's something that that does clarify a little bit for me because as I was watching the movie, I was kind of asking myself, like, is this really like kink shamey to the S and M community? Because there is very much a talking down to like, Oh, this guy's into some sick twisted stuff. Look, he has black leather and whips and chains in here. He's fucked up. And it's like, that's something that tons, 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 tons of extremely normal people yeah participate in there's nothing wrong or weird about that but when you frame it in the context of like oh no he's doing this stuff to unwilling participants that do not wish to have pain inflicted on them then it's like oh yeah you're fucked up then yeah (laughs) yeah no he yeah he's definitely not like an s&m sadist he is like a like a serial killer sadist (laughs) yeah way different uh yeah very very different i i don't think yeah i don't think it is kink shaming and if it was trying to Boy, uh, did young Steven saying Barbara Crampton in uh, like leather dominatrix gear uh, do the opposite of that? Definitely made me go like, okay, <laughs> pretty yeah, good. all right, put that on, please. See, the thing is, is I think if I would have seen that when I was a kid, I just would have been like, why is that Barbara Crampton lady dressed like Demolition from the WWF? <laughs> it's so crazy when you look back at how much s&m gear was part of normal everyday entertainment throughout the 80s i'm telling you man like we 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 made that joke in college and stuff where like we were like i guess rob halford from judas priest was just like really trying to tell the world that he's gay he just tried really real really hard really and no trying. one to listen yeah <laughs> yeah he's like what if i just came out on stage wearing i don't know leather and i had a riding crop uh-huh. and uh, chains and whips and yeah all and the all metal the dudes are like, like yeah oh, so that's the cool dude. stuff to wear <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go get some bro this yeah. is sick. <laughs> and it's stuck too i mean that's still yeah. metal as that's fuck, the look. Right? Yeah. yeah it's metal as fuck man <laughs> it is funny though because yeah it's like yeah fucking demolition and all these other like wwf tag teams and shit that we used to watch it's like well they're just they're leaving the ball gag in the dressing room but that's about it (laughs) honestly everything else is coming out on stage (laughs) yeah they're bringing it with them they're bringing it with them out there they're they're not leaving a whole lot behind (laughs) but yeah yeah. whenever you frame it as like yeah he is this sadist that is doing these things to these people against their will that's totally different i i guess i must have watched the standard cut because yeah yeah. It did feel pretty like kink shamey where it it's does. just like, ooh, he's into leather. He's a deviant. 
It does, and and yeah, the MPAA made them cut a ton of stuff. Yeah, that like, makes sense. Yeah, you because know, they made them cut a ton of stuff, reanimator, and then like, uh, whenever uh, Yuznang and Stuart Gordon came, you know, to to do from beyond, they were like, well, you know, they didn't like reanimator for all the blood, so let's just do goo. I mean, this movie is largely bloodless. That's true. I hadn't thought about that, yeah. but yeah, there's not really a whole lot of explicit gore. Yeah. Gore. I mean, Ken Faree gets fucking tore yes, up. Exactly. Yeah, that is the goriest bit that happens, and that is so fucking cool. And apparently, it's awesome. I, I know why they didn't keep it in, but I kind of wish I could see it. Apparently, Ken Faree ad libbed in, in that scene. Put me in, coach. Oh. <laughs> Just one so last funny. football line. I mean, it's definitely against the tone there, but it would have been really funny. A but little yeah, bit, I, but dude, that's awesome. I think the MPAA uh, apparently uh, when once they got the, you know, they 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 sent them the movie. The MPAA apparently thought goo was even worse. <laughs> so oh shit! They ended up having to cut so much stuff, and I wonder if yeah, like the MPAA wanted them to cut the the tongue scene because they didn't. They wanted S and M to be shown in a negative light, and not mm, in a yeah. just kind of neutral light. I mean, knowing yeah, mid late eighties moral right. Reagan police exactly yeah that seems about likely. Honestly, yeah. it's crazy how much Republicans hate that stuff being shown in media, but do that stuff a lot in life. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> no way. Yeah, weird. Hmm. It's like they hate themselves. <laughs> maybe something yeah. like that that's bizarre uh-huh. i don't know if that makes any sense at all <laughs> so th- the thing about this movie that i found is really strange is like it-, it does do a lot of yeah like like titillating sexy stuff right like yeah. as soon as the mm-hmm. the the resonator turns on like oh it-, it turns on all right it turns everybody yeah and everything on yeah, uh, he's like what about that heart on i had <laughs> like yeah. it's not hidden at all <laughs> like this machine makes you crazy fucking horny yeah um and and again yeah all the all the bondage gear stuff and all that but then at the same time it it throws in all this gross out stuff where like okay one of the things this movie maybe come to realization about Uh uh-huh with all the like pineal gland stuff like especially whenever you know jeffrey combs he's got that one coming out of his forehead and stuff yeah he's got he's got a head dick yeah stuff going into holes sexy Uh Yeah, stuff coming out of holes not so much all right this is a part of my my uh trypophobia is like i'm not just disgusted by holes like close together because of some weird visual thing it's because i'm thinking what's in there what's in there what could be what's in gonna there? come out of there yeah just disgust me it disgusts me and so yeah that 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 bit is like really gross to me <laughs> the little antenna thing just popping out of the hole and that bit where the doctor is trying to like catch it with the forceps oh so oh, gross so gross how about when barbara crampton has to damn bite, bite that thing off. off by the stalk <laughs> she bites his dick off like that that's a real interesting moment she like that scene he is he is uh you know crazy he's not in his right mind she bites his uh forehead stalk dick off, off. Yeah. And he comes back to himself. Yeah. It's like it, the the thing was like he was horny and he was out of his mind and now he's not horny anymore and he's back to himself. Like right. The movie's yeah. constantly dealing with sex, it feels like. It really, really does, man. And 
yeah it's it's gross it is a grody movie overall <laughs> yeah it's not one i would eat like watch while eating a meal probably probably but, not probably not a succulent moist meal no i would avoid like having a soup uh, could you imagine ugh. eating soup while watching this <laughs> no i don't like wanna. with long noodles in it like that'd be awful <laughs> Big old thick udon noodles. You don't want to be eating <laughs> those while you're watching them up this. While tentacles <sighs> are all over the place. Ooh, yeah, no. you don't want to do that. No, no, no. no, uh-uh. no. Avoid I, broth. I would maybe wa- I would. You know what? I would eat saltine crackers, <laughs> maybe dry roasted peanuts, <laughs> plain popcorn, no butter. You know, yeah. all, all the all the stuff to just keep you from maybe immediately vomiting while watching this movie i think if you have to drink something i would do a brute champagne something very dry very dry yeah that would definitely not uh make you instantly vomit yeah (laughs) i i think the movie is a like aside from being very visual as far as like you know you need to see these creatures you need to see the the gore and stuff like that that stuff is like so much a part of what drives the movie it's also visually appetizing because they're using a lot of like cool lighting you know a lot of bisexual lighting well before the bisexual flag but definitely something oh like purple and pink huh yeah uh yeah Uh, there's that that uh lighting really works well and makes it feel more science fictiony and interesting i feel like i love it i love the commitment to pink in this movie like so much we saw the same thing with with the blob as well the Uh blob the 80s remake had this big commitment to being like yeah it's a scary movie it's a horror movie but also pink is what's scary this bright like neon ass pink like not what you typically think of as being a horrifying color or whatever i love that these two movies really just leaned into it and they're like oh no bright fucking crazy hot pink that's what's fucked up this is unrelated i i guess to this but it just came up in my mind do you remember late 80s when neon colors were were popular for kids clothes remember how many neon pink shirts there were that dudes wore tons yeah lots do you remember then in the 2000s when like it became a thing where they're like dudes are wearing pink now what what? everyone's gay and it's like (laughs) we were doing this just 20 years ago remember (laughs) like remember this it was normal then and nobody had a problem with it oh you know it's kind of similar to how people are like did you know that there's shows where biological males dress up as women and lip sync to songs this is deplorable oh uh, it's like this is did, new isn't it this is brand new centuries centuries millennia of that happening and now it's a problem Ugh. now it's a problem yeah. though steve these fucking idiots yeah i hate them so much and they're terrorists uh yes I, those are domestic terrorists yeah, yes. they are for sure i think that um by the way, the, when I say they're domestic terrorists, I don't mean the people that are dressing up and putting on shows. No, I mean, no. We mean the people that are trying to stop the shows from happening yes, by turning... Just to clarify. Destroying just clarify. Uh, the electrical infrastructure of a North what Carolina the fuck? town. I read about that the other day, mm-hmm. dude. What the fuck? That is a terror... They were doing terrorist acts, yes. Yes, they, that's they a terrorist a act. town to its knees. Yeah. Uh, and nothing is happening about it. But anyway, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that the, the movie itself, like... 
the way that yeah it it focuses on the visual and, and it's very sensual and sexual like it draws you in almost to the feeling that the resonator is supposed to be creating in everyone it's like mm. making you feel more like sexual as you're watching it which is why you know anybody watches it is just like oh that movie's full of sex because it's making you think of sex it's constantly mm. making you like your brain is constantly consuming like all these colors and all this like crazy like tentacles and shit your brain is so overstimulated and you walk away from it still thinking that movie had a lot of sex in it and it doesn't right it doesn't but it does it does like your brain absorbs all this as sexual imagery even though it's not filled with sex that's true that's definitely true it gets that pineal gland just a raging (laughs) when you're sitting there in the movie theater with your popcorn and sarsaparilla doesn't it yeah i should i'd like to talk a little about the production i you know because we normally do that and there's not a ton to say about the production other than uh you know as we said it's was shot in italy which meant they had an italian crew and italian crews do not shut up during takes because Italian movies at the time and you know for for a long period at that time w- the audio was always dubbed after. Yeah, so, who cares if you ruin the take with noise? It's right, yeah. dubbed over later. So the crews will just be like, you know, building a set while they're trying to do a take. <laughs> That's uh, a taste of the old country right there, man. Yeah, and apparently Stuart Gordon asked one of the guys like, "Hey, could you stop hammering? I I'm filming." And the guy was like, "Fellini never told me to stop." hammering and Stuart Gordon was like well I'm not Fellini and the guy was like clearly oh shit (laughs) so damn anyway dealing with the Italian crew also Stuart Gordon was shooting dolls uh around the same time uh uh, which came out the next year I don't know if you've seen dolls I haven't no the first 30 minutes of it and I I was very interested I just didn't have time to finish it um so this movie is you know uh an adaptation of of lovecraft just like reanimator was and in doing that he was trying to like do a lovecraft trilogy which didn't actually get a like he didn't actually accomplish that until castle freak later but he he wanted to make dagon which he did eventually make i think in like 2001 Um, yeah yeah but yeah, he, he was kind of very much associated with Lovecraft at this time after doing these two movies. Uh, but I, I think both in both instances, he improved Lovecraft like way better stories than, than Lovecraft did. Um, also, this has effects from John Carl Beekler, who we've talked about, uh, who directed Troll and Friday the 13th Part 7 and did oh, yeah. uh, special effects on so many amazing movies. Um, he, at the time he had just, his assistant had just left, uh, and his assistant was Howard Berger and he hired a new assistant who was Greg Nicotero. Now we talked oh, about, shit. yeah, this is 86, uh, K and B doesn't form until 88. So this is like still early, uh, Kurtzman, uh, Nicotero and Berger just kind of working on similar projects and kind of ending up in similar spaces that would eventually lead to K and B. I'm telling you those guys, like the story of those guys and the story of the band Toto 
is like identical like is it? all the all the guys yes like all the guys from toto were just dudes that ended up working on the same sessions together over huh. and over and again wow like um fucking oh shit boss Skaggs. you know boss oh, okay. Skaggs? yes uh-huh his band was toto dude like that the band oh. on the records is toto that's it holy shit i didn't know yeah. that so like all those guys, uh, Steve Lukather and all those other cats that played in in Toto, like they just ended up on sessions together all the time. And they were like, "What if we just started our own band?" And that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, it's a smart idea. Once you've worked together several times, and you're just like, "Oh, we're all good at this, and we work well together. Maybe we try this." And it there led to K and B, which is, I mean, you know, we've talked about them a million times on the show. And Massive, I, yeah. I, I do try to. Uh, just remind in case this is somebody's first episode and they're like, what the fuck is K and B it's, it's uh, Kurtzman, Nicotera and Berger, their, their special effects house. And it is, they've worked on so many things that dude. People yeah. Love. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you have no idea who any of those people are, you you've have seen, seen their, work. their work. <laughs> yeah. You've fucking seen it, man. Yeah. And the effects in this are fucking sick, dude. And, and I think so that good. they're also very well, very well placed and very well hidden where, you know, like whenever we see those like weird interdimensional eels or jellyfish or uh-huh. whatever that look like they're just kind of floating through the air. Yeah. Um, it's usually under that, that crazy pink light, like, and, yeah. and that big, like sandworm creature thing that's in the basement Ooh. that shows up. Yeah. Again, there's also that crazy pink light going down there. Like it makes the... It makes the effects a little bit more seamless because everything yeah. is bathed in this weird otherworldly light. So you're yeah. automatically kind of accepting of whatever it is that you're seeing. And it also lets you know that like, oh, this is an influence of the of the resonator machine going on. Like this is a a peek into another dimension. So yeah. who the fuck knows what it looks like over there? So you're immediately a little bit more willing to accept what it is that you're seeing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I think the choice of that pink pink light definitely improves the overall like not just like you know hiding the seams and stuff but also making it look goopier yeah like, totally. gives it more of a Ugh, i don't want to touch that slimy <laughs> kind of look oh the thing that's a wet one too it just hit me oh yeah the thing's wet as hell very much yeah because what snow it's just solidified moisture that's just They're wet surrounded baby. by that uh-huh. shit <laughs> A lot of the things in this did remind me of the thing, like that that first view that we get whenever Pretorius shows back up, and like he, he rips his own face off, and then his head splits open, and all that shit pours out of it. Yeah, what the fuck, man! Like those yeah. effects blew me away because they so they're good. very much yeah. just like center of the screen in plain sight. Yeah, not really disguised by shadow or anything, and they look awesome. Yeah, I, I did read that. Stuart Gordon was actually happy with some of the cuts the MPA wanted because it made the effects look better because you didn't mm. see them for as long or whatever. And I, I think that is is so true that this is like not only well done effects, but well done lighting and knowing when to cut away. I mean, the MPA made him, but it ended up great <laughs> because of that, because you don't see it for too long. You never get to a point where you're like oh i see what they did there it's always just kind of obscured slightly enough that you're buying it and i yeah, yeah i think totally. the effects of this are just so good and i like the idea too even though you know especially through today's lens um and our, our ever-growing you know knowledge of of medicine and psychiatry and everything um 
Although I'm, you know, I'm sure it is probably offensive to somebody that this is a view of schizophrenia that schizophrenics are seeing these things that are around us all the time that are interdimensional beings that are just right. around there to people that can see them only. Um, again, I, that is of course not medically accurate or anything. I do think that that is a really cool idea, and like how that yeah. would drive you mad to see the things that are around all of us all the time, but nobody else can see. Like, that's just a cool idea to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that concept that, like, yeah, that there are beings that are, they don't notice us at all either. But if they did, they are, would be mad about it. <laughs> like, they'd be pissed off that they see us. And, like, it, it kind of makes me think, like, do they see us and go, gross, fucking kill that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't, I yeah, I, I, I know that, like, it can definitely get into dicey territory when you start, like, coming up with fantastical explanations for uh, a mental illness or, or something of that yeah. sort. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like, how many, how many horror movies and stuff have right. made use of the idea of... Um, well, what do they call it now? It's not multiple personality disorder. Dissociative, dissociative identity, identity disorder. Yeah, uh-huh. DID. Yeah, yeah. Like that, how, how that was like, that's kind of a storytelling trope in a yeah, lot of old horror. And it's like, uh, uh, it's exploitive. Yeah, it's like that's a yeah. real life medical condition. That's not fun stuff to tell a story about exactly. Right. But but again, I think it's kind of just a cool way to experiment with the idea of like, oh man, what if this stuff is around us all the time and you just can't see it? It's just kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and yeah. I, I, I do like... You know, it's we Lovecraft is racist. There's no like getting around oh, that. Oh yeah, just no, uh, yeah, purely yeah, racist, yeah. and like so much of what he was writing is is meant to be racist. Uh, and so that's you know why you don't call it Lovecraftian horror anymore. It's cosmic horror because cosmic. fuck him. Yeah. Uh, the the thing is, I think movies like this do a good job of recontextualizing Lovecraft. And making it better. Uh, I don't watch this at any point and go, this is, uh, this is like a veiled metaphor about foreigners invading or something like Mm -hmm. that. It doesn't, it seems much more like, no, this is a mad scientist trope and this mad scientist is using this, uh, you know, this exploitative loophole, basically, of I can use these interdimensional beings to not only uh, get rid of my enemies, but also to uh, my own ends of melding with someone else's brain and getting the ultimate pleasure. Which is why I did say, I think, if when I rewatched this not long ago, that this is one of the best Hellraiser sequels. Right, but it real. comes before Hellraiser, so it's like Hellraiser. Yeah, because Pretorius cool. himself is very much a dang old Sternabot. Like right. he wants unlimited pleasure and things that are beyond the scope of human uh, understanding or human experience, and right. he's willing to go to crazy lengths for it and even disfigure and destroy his body just to experience. Yeah, pain and pleasure intertwined, like. This is a Hellraiser mm-hmm. sequel for yeah. sure. It like mm-hmm. and it's better than fucking any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Even though I do love the first Hellraiser and the second Hellraiser is pretty good. Um this movie is better than any Hellraiser movie, yeah. I think. And and, yeah. and it is very much like as we said, uh Hellraiser movies when they're good are very wet and this is that. 
Uh, it's got the concept of, uh, you know, different dimensions existing and being accessible. It's got the S&M, as you said. It's got the, uh, yeah, the, the pleasure and pain and seeking extremities and all those things. Sounds I, like I, you're talking about Hellraiser right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that this this is probably the best Hellraiser movie. <laughs> right? It really is. And something I like about this flick, too, man, is like, it's it's tidy like it's yeah. it's 80 82 89 minutes something mm-hmm. like that and it really hits the ground running without yep. really leaving you feeling like you're missing context or missing details about stuff like it, yeah. it starts off and it's like jeffrey combs he's in the attic he's messing with the machine holy shit he made this eel appear and it bit him uh-huh. then it went away and he told the doctor the thing's working then the doctor comes up and he's really into the machine and then the movie's just going like yeah. the movie really has great pacing to me and i don't i don't know why exactly and i'll need to rewatch malignant to get this but i feel like the malignant's opening scene was very much inspired wow yeah because i i feel like in the malignant opening scene it also had some of that similar lighting and the way it just hits the ground running and like fucking pure chaos and then you know opening credits like i i love that it it is so perfectly like gets you ready to go it doesn't then waste time slowing it down too much like even Mm -hmm. the little bits at the hospital at the beginning move quickly they like are getting us the exposition out and then getting us to barbara crampton you know trying to well i mean i'm interested in what barbara crampton's trying to do because she's trying to you know, find this explanation for schizophrenia because her father had schizophrenia and he died like just 17 years ago or whatever because of it. Uh, But she also seems very, mm, I don't know if I would say attracted so much as like maybe like enthralled by Pretorius. I know. And and then there's also the message that a lot of people have where they're just like, oh, no, you just use your patients as experiments. Like you're just out for your own research. You know, you don't really care about how it affects the people you're working on, which sounds like Pretorius, too. Exactly. Yeah. So she's kind of like Pretorius light. And even in the like, you know, early moments when she encounters Pretorius, she seems a little bit turned on and even the question what are you gonna do to me is sexual (laughs) it's sexual like it's not saying like it it seems almost like an invitation what are you going Hmm. to do to me well the thing that's interesting too and i'm glad you you brought up that scene right there is because obviously the things that pretorius is doing throughout the movie um are, are are very rapey i mean he's doing things against you know, these women's will to them. Right. And it, it's definitely seen as very horrific and fucked up and shocking. But then also, again, with the idea that Crampton is this Pretorius light. Yeah. Um, I mean, she, she rapes Jeffrey Combs in the movie. Like she does. he's, he's well, asleep. She's sexually, yeah. She's definitely sexually assaults him in his sleep. Like she, yeah, straddles she grabs him his dick and, and stuff. Uh, yeah. And grab, yes. Uh, but yeah. then, like while you're watching it, it's almost like titillating. Where it's like, oh yeah, she's hot. I mean, she is. Yes, she is. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. But uh, I feel like it's playing on that. Like it's, it's playing on your playing expectation on of that. Yes, it is. And and like, 
Yeah, and, and like the way that she responds to the S and M video where Ken Faree yeah. is like, Oh, these are some fucked up people and she's not in the least bit phased by it. Like Mm-mm. it it is very much like she could become a Pretorius type of character and she curves. Like she she sees why that's wrong probably because of how grotesque he becomes and also they do have that mind connection which is kind of why she's absolved of that sexual assault because he's driving her in that right. yeah um but yeah he's able to drive her because i would say she's predisposed to that like that is something that she might have been interested in had she not been forced into it by this mind connection Mm, mm-hmm. but uh yeah i i think also it's 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 interesting that yeah she she clearly sees what a monster it made of him and that changes her like her her character arc is the character arc we're watching because you know uh Tillinghast, jeffrey combs dies he doesn't survive that surprises me every time because i'm always like he gets that like rebirth scene and i almost expect that then to be like in the denouement we find out he is in fact like you know mind melded with pretorius and it almost you know would be good for setting up a sequel but you know why would this need a sequel i do prefer the barbara crampton sally hardesty style laughing because she's gone insane at the end but i i I do think that like her character arc goes from very like focused very goal-oriented scientist to pure madness by the end that's very lovecraft it is exactly very lovecraft and also you know her fucking bone is sticking out of her leg (laughs) what what a unexpected just stinger of gore you get at the end of this movie yeah she jumps out the window to avoid the explosion from the goddamn looney tunes time bomb she has created somehow yeah I I love it. Like it, it's great. It is a great bit of gore. She jumped from the third story window. It's almost like how could she not have something wrong? Um it it's unaddressed though. Like it just goes by like yeah, and of course, you know, some bone is sticking out of her leg. I yeah. I think it's really like, interesting. You didn't have to have that. No, she didn't. I think it's really interesting how the neighbors just don't react really to her. Like yeah, kind of no sell it. Yeah, <laughs> the neighbors are just like staring at the burning house, and then finally they're like, "Oh yeah, there's a there's a woman there with I guess a bone sticking out of her leg, huh?" Huh? huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this movie. It's great. I do too. Yeah, like one thing about it that you know I was kind of anticipating, knowing that it, it was you know so much of the Reanimator crew the year after Reanimator, I was kind of expecting it to have a similar darkly fucked up sense of humor like reanimator does like reanimator yeah. is a movie that has some kind of funny stuff in it, it does. but it's always it it's always fucked up and dark and this movie definitely plays it more straight laced than reanimator and i think that's probably part of why this movie never really has reached the the mass acclaim of a movie like reanimator but at the same time like initially i wanted to fault it for that but then i was like well I mean, H.P. Lovecraft stuff is not exactly funny. humorous yeah. or funny. So yeah. it's like this is actually sticking probably 
closer to the tone of the source material, so I can't even really hold it against it for that. If anything, Reanimator being kind of funny was it straying from the source material. So it's like yeah. I don't know whether I should complain about that or to be like, oh yeah, good for them. They didn't try to make it funny. I, think, I don't know. I think the tone of the movie definitely doesn't leave a ton of room for humor, but they throw in a couple of jokes, like the lady, uh, the the neighbor lady at the beginning, who I don't remember what she says. She calls the cops and she's like, I, I I'm called being you bothered. about this. Yeah, <laughs> he told me to call you back if, if I was being bothered again. I'm being bothered. Like, th- there's, there's good, like, some funny moments and even when the doctor is trying to catch the thing coming out of his head with the forceps like that is like slapstick comedy going yeah. on there <laughs> so i love whenever that neighbor lady went into the house and jeffrey Combs like bust down the door with the axe and uh-huh. she's all freaked out then he just like runs past her uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like that gave me a laugh it's pretty yeah. funny yeah so there, there's still a little bit of the humor but you're right yeah it doesn't it doesn't carry as much of the dark humor of reanimator and yeah, I don't fault it for that. I think maybe going a little more serious helps with the overall tone of the movie and keeps it tight. It keeps it, you know, I think maybe if, you know, for instance, the scene I talked about where uh, Ken Free has been eaten by those like, you know, whatever insects from, from the other side. Uh, Dude, if when it was ha- swarming on them, by the way, that was so fucking nasty. That yeah. looked awesome. It. Uh, you know what it was? It's have you, did you ever open up a bean bag and reach in? Oh, dude, and the things stick to you with the stack. That's static? what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. Awful. It did a, such a great job because it looks disgusting. I like yes. it made me like feel like I was going to puke a little bit. Yeah, maybe it made me, me want to just scratch my skin. It made me itchy yeah. to watch that. Yeah, um, but if they if they had left in the put me in coach like. It would just would have stood out like a sore thumb at that moment. It's true. Because it's so, everything is so intense up to that and then intense following it. It just wouldn't have worked. So I, yeah. I get maybe, you know, not having as much comedy in this one. I like that it also introduced this element of mystery into the story in the form of what the fuck did Ken Faree cook for them to fucking eat? <laughs> What the fuck was that? I don't know why instantly looking at it, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's a denty more beef stew and some canned uh, biscuits on top. Right. But okay, so, like, I was why? watching this with, with with Kate, and I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. What is going on? Kate said this is something that is like an old country-ass thing to do, is to make a stew uh-huh. and then cover the pot and put your, like, biscuit dough on top yep. of the stew and cook it all together. I'm like, I have never fucking had this. I think I've seen it before, and that's why, like, I kind of knew exactly what it was. But I have never had it. And watching him, like, scoop it out just reminded me, like, God, people used to eat so badly Just here. shit from cans, dude. Just it's cans. Just shit from cans all the time. Like, no... No spices in the cupboard. No, like everything Mm-mm. was just bland and fucking pre-prepared. And I mean, I understand. I certainly had good food in the eighties, but the majority of the food I had was not great. Bland and canned, man. Bland and canned. Yep. That's how they used to do it back in the day. Yeah, like I, I don't know what the fuck was going on with that. It looked, it looked very not sexy for sure. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not look sexy. They were trying to cut up the sexual tension. They were just like, you know what's the least sexy meal? <laughs> yeah, some kind of denty more stew with fucking 
biscuits cooked on top of it. Yeah, I love. I do love when he's dishing it out and he puts one on uh, one plate, one on another plate, and then three on his plate. That is very much <laughs> how I would be doing too. He's got that pro athlete appetite, man. Yeah. He's like, I need to, I need to carb up for the big game for sure. Yeah, if I'm going to be fighting interdimensional worms, I got to have me three helpings of beef stew biscuits. Oh, and yeah. then just a little bit after that, they're eating dang old dippy eggs, and then they go to sleep. Like, what, what is going on with the timeline of this movie? Huh. I didn't think about that. I, I mean, because I, I, it seems to me that all of the major events happen in in a couple days. Like, there, I don't know how how much happens in between the opening and then you know post credit or post opening title sequence i i think that wasn't too long of a time either but yeah you're right like yeah yeah they were eating dinner then they were eating breakfast then yeah it's nap time (laughs) but then also too like you know jeffrey combs gets arrested at the start of the movie for you know being involved in the murder of pretorius and then whenever Crampton sees him in the the, the psychiatric hospital there, uh-huh. he kind of acts like he's been there for a while and knows the run of the place, but yeah. he, he still has that bandage on his head from where the eel bit him, and oh. it's got like, fresh blood leaking out of it. Huh. So I'm like, what? what is the timeline going on with this movie? I have no idea how long this lasts. But also, too, that is kind of a Lovecrafty thing, that complete yeah. loss of any you know uh, uh time frame yeah mm-hmm. it is for sure yeah i i really hadn't considered it i i would like to see like a plotted timeline of of events there because uh, yeah again it does seem to just the main story seems to be a couple of days because they they have they go there turn on the machine see the stuff they see turn off the machine have a couple of meals then you know all of the major event there at the end Seems like just two days, but yeah, if the, yeah, if, you know, yeah, if you look at that little procession of events, it could have been weeks. Who knows? Maybe I don't know, man. Yeah. I think the soundtrack is dope in this too. By the way, soundtrack in this is fucking cool. Yeah, I, I, um, I like everything about it. Just works for me. I don't have any issues with like anything not seeming to fit which oftentimes you'll get with with some of these sort of lower budget 80s movies everything works for the film and for the the feeling of each scene i agree like i don't really have a ton of complaints here like this is this is one of those movies that i I know that i'll watch again like i i wasn't like over the moon like holy shit where's this movie been my entire life whenever i watched it but at the same time i'm like i don't really have a whole lot to complain about here like it was it was tight it was short it had actors and actresses in it that i really like it had subject matter that was cool it had cool effects cool soundtrack i mean i think my biggest complaints are that yeah in the theatrical cut it does seem to be coming down on the snm community it does seem kind of kink shamey a little bit there but But again, knowing that that's that's not the intent, that's a little bit different then. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, Yeah, so when yeah, when I'm trying to think of any sort of issues for me, it just seems like a really good, unique sci-fi horror movie, and I've I've watched it a ton of times, (laughs) so I, I will continue to watch it a ton more times. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. It's like the best long form guar video you've never seen. <laughs> yes, it definitely is that for sure. Like those those scenes where like Jeffrey Combs was getting like eaten by the creature and just his legs were sticking out and shit. I was like, dude, like I have seen this on stage with guar a hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. That that I I definitely because uh, like uh, remember in what is it fucking Empire Records. <laughs> When the dude yes. is sitting yep. there like, eating the edibles and watching Guar and just giggling his ass off. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. 100%, man. Uh, it's fun. I, I like this flick. This is yeah, one of those ones, too. too, that you can just kind of put on his background. Because for the majority of the movie, there's not all that much plot developing. Like A lot of no. the movie is like, we shouldn't turn that machine on. If we don't turn it back on, all these problems will go away. No, I think I want to turn the machine yeah. on. No, turn it off. I uh, think I'd like to turn it back on. Back on. <laughs> It'd be cooler if it didn't, but yeah, it did. <laughs> it did, though. Yeah. So That's yeah, kind of I, it, really. It's not a perfect movie, uh, for sure, but it is a movie I love, and I think it is a very good movie and very well done and unique and interesting. So if I'm going to slap a rating on this, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is like an eight to eight and a half for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go... I'll go like seven and a half yep. on this one for Fair. me. Enjoyable. Very enjoyable movie. I'll definitely be watching it again. And uh, we want to hear your all thoughts on it on our social media pages, like our Instagram, our Facebook group, which you should totally join up, Twitter, wherever you can find us. Just look for our Linktree page and sign up today for all of our social medias after you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I need more reviews. I've been clamoring for these things, Steve. I've been clamoring. Just clamoring for reviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we, we definitely could, could use some more of those that I'll never read. Oh, I'll read them all. <laughs> ben them will read them all, though. So if you want to send a direct message to Ben, and I'll tell you this, I've seen how many unread emails and messages he Jesus has. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> if you want Ugh. to work around that, go leave a five-star review and say yeah, I'll read that. you wanted to say to Ben. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Honestly, I do stay on top of those more than a lot of my DMs on other social media yeah. things. So, yeah. <laughs> Do it there. It's a good place to do it. A little exploit for you if you've been yeah, really sure. wanting to ask Ben, hey, is the G chord good or I don't know. <laughs> Should I learn it or not? Uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about it, but I uh, don't know if it's really worth it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll find out if you leave uh, a five star review on there. <laughs> I'll read that one night while I'm really stoned trying to go to sleep and uh-huh. uh, I'll, I'll enjoy reading that. So yeah. Then you'll answer. Do that for it us. It is good. It is good. You should learn it. Yeah. Support us on the Patreon. Yeah, go over on uh, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Uh, head on over there, become a patron on any level. Get access to Patreon exclusive episodes. Something new will be up soon, I guarantee, as we just received all of our stuff and now I have more than one mic, so I can record something. Uh, also, if you become a patron on a $5 level, you get to submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl and then uh, we throw all those submissions into the Smoking Bowl and then we draw from the Smoking Bowl and then we cover the movie that we drew. From the smoke it's and bowl. It's rad. Try that it happens. Mm-hmm. And it can be yours if you sign it today. So be <laughs> sure to sign on. Yours. Support that show. Get your movie in there. We'll draw it uh, out of the hat there maybe next month or something. So be sure to mm-hmm. do that. Now, Steve, I picked out this movie. From yes. Beyond was my choice. Yes, right. So uh, we're doing a little tit-a-tat, and uh-huh. you're choosing next week's movie. What are you choosing for us? Well, I'm going to choose a little Christmas horror movie. Woo. That everybody should 
get their eyes on, and I know a lot of people haven't, and that's why we're going to talk about it. Just saw it last year, The Day of the Beast. It is a Spanish-Italian horror movie with uh, uh, some Christmas going on. And uh, let me tell you, I loved it when when Hmm. I saw it, and I really hope you're going to like it. I think you will. I think you're going to like this movie. Of the beast. Yes. Now I don't know. I don't know a fucking thing about this. Should Good. I watch a trailer? Should I just no. go in blind? No, just go straight to Shutter and watch the Day of the Beast. I don't think you're gonna regret it. Before I start the movie, should I grease it up or leave it dry? Ooh, I think you might want to grease it up. Grease it up. Yeah. Yeah. Grease it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just, just Keep enough. A dab will do you. All right, all right. I'll, I'll be sure to do that then, and I'll report with my findings on next week's episode of Dead and Lovely. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. And we've been moist. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. We said that word so many times. Yeah. Take a shot every time we say moist. Don't. You'll die. <laughs> Leave a review before you die, though, if yeah, you're going to do that. Steve, I am an old. Oh, are you? Yeah. And it becomes like very, very painfully obvious to me the more that I'm on the internet and interact with the youngs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh They'll let you know you're an old. Oh, dude. Even if they don't know they're letting me know, they're letting me know. Because I I put up, I don't know, it was like a Facebook status or something the other day. Uh Because like my, my current soapbox for this holiday season is like... If you have a comfortable amount of money, don't go Black Friday shopping. Like, just leave this for people that this might be their only time of year they can buy a TV. Stay the fuck home. Let people that really need the bargains go out and shop. You know, that's kind of my stance right now. A lot of rich people going out Black Friday shopping? Fuck yeah, dude. Yes. Well, I mean, they probably got rich by not spending money. Uh, Exactly. Also being born wealthy. It helps usually. Yeah. <laughs> so I put up the status about this. I, I generally, you know, got a lot of positive feedback from it. But one guy said something to me in this young person code slang. Okay. And like, I I got offended and then I had to Google what they said. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, oh, this fine young man is paying me a compliment. Oh, no. What was yeah, it? Because <laughs> somebody responded to that and they're like, that's a pretty based take, Uncle Ben. Okay, and you <laughs> I was like, "Excuse was me, bad. I was based." Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to agree. You are old. <laughs> yeah. Like I had no idea. I was like, "Excuse me, I'm not based, young man." <laughs> then I looked it up, and it's like, "Oh, it means you're being true to yourself and not caring about other people's opinions." And I'm like, "Oh, wait. <laughs> Thank you, young man." I don't know why this is making me laugh so much. It's like you you just got drugged into 2016 all of a sudden. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, I've heard people say that word before, and I've just never known what the fuck it's meant because like, I'm 38, just dude. Like, I just don't think about it. Just move on. I guess That's this great. is part of getting old is like when a young person says a word to you that you don't know, you're like, must be bad. Probably not a good thing. He's probably, probably making bad. fun of the cut of my trousers. <laughs> yeah, like, that's all that I could come to. I was like, oh, God damn it. Yeah, I'm definitely really fucking old, dude. I don't know if you know this. 
and I don't care in the least bit, but apparently using GIFs, or GIFs as some people say. Uh, Incorrectly. It, uh, yes. Uh, apparently using GIFs is an old person thing. Come on, seriously? Yeah, I mean, I don't give a shit. GIFs are awesome. I don't gif a shit. How about that? I don't gif youngster. a shit. <laughs> I don't gif a shit. But we are basically uh, some dude in the 50s who was like, I don't care. I'm never going to give up the leather jacket and blue jeans. I mean, I still think that's a cool look. I personally. mean, honestly, so. it it still works. So maybe they were right. Could have been. Okay. That's not a pretty a good base comparison. take, Steve. It's a pretty base take. You know what? In what way? Way to go, dude. Dude, you just based the shit out of that. Am I using it right? I'm about to baste this turkey, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, I think when you when you make like really irrational conclusions on stuff, but you're being true to yourself, that's called base jumping to conclusions, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. That is right. Then maybe if it's like a train of thought kind of thing, you're freebasing all the time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how they say it. That's what yeah, they Yeah, that's how the kids are saying it these days. Yeah, I was out yeah. freebasing. And yeah, that's definitely that's what, they meant. what it means. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're so young and still with it. <laughs> Absolutely. What I'm like basically a 20-year-old at this point. And then right. I think also later on that same day, I, I posted up a picture of like, I was watching Lord of the Rings on the TV or something, and somebody commented, and they're like, oh my God, is that a PS3 I see in your entertainment center? I've not seen one of those in ages. And I was like, that's, it's not that old. <laughs> oh, see, that's a kid thing, though. That's a dumb kid thing. Because like, I think back on not keeping my Nintendo when I got a Super Nintendo and then moving to the Nintendo 64 and never paying attention to the Super Nintendo. I think that's a mistake right. that kids make where it's like, those things didn't stop being fun. They're just not new. Like a PS3 is one of the best systems ever made. Absolutely so. That's a non-based take. That's just true. Yeah, absolutely. I In no way based, though maybe somebody out there is like, mm, I don't know, pretty Might based. be basing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> We should start a podcast called Basin or Bussin, where we, <laughs> we we talk about if young people are doing something and it's either Bussin or maybe it's Basin, you know? I love it. We'd be cool. Basin or Bussin with Uncle Ben and Hollywood Steve. Well, hello, kids. Today, we're going to talk about Martha Stewart. Is she Basin, Basin or Bussin? or Bussin. <laughs> she hangs out with Snoop Dogg. Kids are like, who's that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, trademark dead and lovely. Either way, we're getting old. Fuck yeah, it. for sure. 